And greetings, greetings to everyone, and welcome to the Soul Citizens. Soul Citizens, we are happy to be back again on another Sunday evening, and uh, we've got a very, very special show today because we have a very, very special guest that is joining us today. Uh, none other than Mr. Joe Run himself. Joe Run, good to have you, buddy. Good to be here. Good to be here. And uh, for those of you, I think his reputation precedes him. Uh, the title of our show this week uh, and for this month, you know, each month we do a show on ships and this week it happens to be on touring ships. For those of us who are in the one percenters of the verse, we would say luxury ships, but uh, we'll keep it with touring for right now since that's an official title. Uh, but uh, you will know that that is very near and dear to my heart, very near and dear to Ten Sigma. You guys have heard us talk about it before. And of course, you know that it's very near and dear to Joe Run and also Fast Cart, believe it or not. Fast Cart has a little luxury in him. Don't We're not going to leave him out. He's a little luxury guy. Um, but we're going to be talking about that today. And thanks, everybody who has come through. Miss Hearts, we love you. Always here, always supporting us. Thank you so much. And for the rest of you who are here, when we see your names in, of course, we'll give you a shout. But we appreciate you guys being here. Um, so let's let's start out right off with the bet. Joe, run real quick before we start talking about ships. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, let us know a little bit about the 890 Jump Club, which if you guys check out his shirt, he's got this great logo right there. And tell us a little bit about it. So, oh, I think it was back in end of 2016 when I got my 890 Jump. And I'd been doing the whole Bar Citizen thing in uh, in Discord and become kind of a Discord person. I thought, it's like, hmm, I wonder if there's other people who want to talk about the 890. And so I started a Discord and started uh, grabbing a few people here and there. And over the years, we've got now over 730 8, 890 jump owners in the jump club. Wow. What does that add up to in real money? Uh, <laughs> actually, because oh, some, some people have more than one 890, right? Probably in the group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, there's 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 a there's a few people that have a couple. There's a few people that have many multiples. So <laughs> you know, we, I, I don't like to think with other people's wallets, and everybody has different <laughs> levels of income and disposable uh, right. disposable income. Um, I mean, there's people that might have quite a few extras. Um, okay, but we'll say at a minimum you're at seventy thousand. At a minimum, you're at seventy thousand. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Seven. Is that right? Am I adding it up right? It. Well, uh, we got seven hundred, and well, it's anywhere from six hundred dollars to eight hundred and ninety dollars. Oh, that's example. right. Well, that's now right. they're even nine hundred and fifty. So, right. I mean, there, there's there's several hundred thousand dollars just yeah. worth of eight nineties. Okay. Now the um, and the average spend in there, the eight ninety tends to be like the jewel of people's fleet so it's not like the only ship they have and when somebody <laughs> forks over and especially in the last several years sales when it's 890 dollars mm -hmm. when somebody's forking over 890 dollars they tend to already have other ships yeah um mm -hmm. so i i don't know, i think that average spend in there's like wing commander level gotcha gotcha so just and I, was just, that, I was just gonna say the people who have an 890 got it early so they're, they're more likely spent to 600 more, more than the 800. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that because I wasn't one of the lucky ones when I came yeah, in and you know? it just went off sale when I came into Star. Well, I didn't come off sale. I didn't know enough about it. And so at that time, when someone talked about 600 bucks, it was, you know what I mean? It was kind of like 600 bucks. Are you serious? And, and, and I, and I wish, and guess what? I wish I had been serious back then. I'd have saved myself 350 bucks, if you know what I mean. So there you go. So anyway, go ahead, Joe Run. Finish telling us about you. <laughs> 
Well, and, and to, to Vaskart's comment, as far as how many have been sold at different times, so th there were four waves of 890 uh, in 2014. Mm -hmm. So I think that was 3,500 something ships mm -hmm. that were sold uh, and they all sold out. But a lot of people melted them over the years because, oh, 2014 to 2000 and when did it go live? Was it last year? Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was last year in 2019? Yeah, 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 it was, it was, it was just about a year ago. So I mean, that's five years of waiting for that ship, having $600 tied up in it when all kinds of other shiny ships came out. So a lot of them got melted and money went to Idris's and Javelins and Hammerheads and you, you name it, all kinds of other stuff over the years. And so a lot of people have unmelted them, um, but we still figure a lot of those people have them melted. And then the, the first sale when I got mine um, in 2016, they sold um, probably about eight, seven or eight hundred of them at eight hundred ninety dollars with four-year insurance and at that time we thought um according to what cig had put out um semi-officially and semi-unofficially um that insurance time was going to be in-game time so it's like well if who's going to play four years of in-game time mm -hmm. you know that's going to take forever and you now that that's since been clarified to be real world time so four years is not a lot but you know if if you love that ship the insurance isn't super critical and and i know a lot of people who've actually bought it with six month insurance mm -hmm. just because they they had to have it so mm -hmm. they they sold about seven or eight hundred in 2016 they sold them again in 2017 um with five-year insurance they sold mm -hmm. about another seven or eight hundred uh they sold them in 2017 with the origin complete pack mm -hmm. so i melted mine and rolled it into that so mm -hmm. a lot of the ones that were sold in 2016 were melted again for mm -hmm. higher insurance or origin packs or other things um and then they sold it again in 2018 mm -hmm. six-year insurance and then in 2019 at the anniversary sale they sold it with 10-year insurance so um there were multiple <coughs> years of seven to eight hundred ships being sold, but a lot mm -hmm. of them were melted. Um, I really think that there's probably about 3,000 um, owned 890s out there in the community. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are still inactive. Uh, a lot of old backers are still waiting for the game to come out someday or waiting for more to uh, to come up. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people are coming back now. Um, it's probably the most active and exciting time for people. And we've seen uh, just a tremendous influx of old backers that have been dormant um, for years. And it's like, oh, it's like here, I've got an 890. It's like, all right, join the jump club. <laughs> and like, 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 like Sigma, it's like, you want an 890, you need to be in the jump club. Come on, right. man. Cool. <laughs> So real quick, I know that the Idris and Javelin sells out in like within like seconds. How, how long did it take for the 890 to sell out? Um, they didn't sell out in 2016, 2017. No. They did sell out in 2018 and 2019, mm -hmm. but it took a little time. 2019 with 10-year insurance, I think it took five or six hours, maybe longer, mm -hmm. uh, but they, they did end up selling out. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those ships that you have to understand what luxury and touring is about and all of the other things that the 890 was sold for and designed for not just like oh it's just a luxury ship and you're paying a thousand dollars for a luxury ship that doesn't do anything mm -hmm. and that's the misperception that a lot of people they'll fork over a ton of money for a pew pew ship you know it's like i want to go blow stuff up it's like oh oh javelin three thousand dollars bam mm -hmm. yeah and yeah they sell it in seconds but it's it's an entirely different proposition 
to spend that kind of money on a ship that is like what is luxury and right. cigs never really talked about turning so I, i'm so glad that, that you that you're having this show and i'm i appreciate you having me on and looking forward to talking about more of what cig intends for this gameplay mm -hmm. very good thank you siphonius and starship captain nemo thank you both for the follow uh thanks jordan because that was very very helpful um let me ask you one other question about 890 jump club what do a bunch of guys and ladies because i know you have ladies in your or in your or in your group as yep. well what do you do we with do. a bunch of yachts what do you what do you guys do well right now there's not a lot you can do other than just hang out with your friends or just go touring mm -hmm. um so one of the intended gameplays is touring mm -hmm. which is like fly around and look at stuff because the universe is beautiful mm -hmm. and you know enjoying it in a beautiful spaceship in you know some people look at star citizen as a game and they have to have game loops and they have to do this and go here and do that and achieve this and earn that and and these things and then other people look at it as an immersive experience and not just role play i mean role play is is one thing that some people like but i, I don't really look at myself as a role player and I, a lot of the 890 owners don't but they feel immersed in this universe because cig is building something really unique and and even in a 2d environment and without even having vr it still gives you this immersive feeling of being in this beautifully designed spaceship then mm -hmm. just the details and the and the, the the windows and and just the overall feel of it you know it, it it's a good feeling okay all right so it gives you a good feeling and that and that's if that's a good enough feeling to make you open your wallet then it's good enough for me brother that's all i'm going to say about that <laughs> this is what i this is what i do there it is find a beautiful place and go with some friends and go I can pop out in some cyclones and fly around or just go sit on the ship and just enjoy the mountains absolutely like, what what do people go on a hike in the mountains in real life right to enjoy the scenery right well, let's do this. Let's jump into taking a look at some of what CIG defines as touring ships. Some of these ships may be ships that I've defined as touring ships because I picked the pictures, but hopefully I stayed in line with CIG. We're going to give some commentary to it. We'd love to hear what you guys think about these ships as well. And then we are going to talk about what, what Drill Run just brought up. What is touring? What is luxury? That's going to be a big, hot topic for us today. So let's go ahead and take a quick look at our very first ship. Uh, and for those of you who recognize this, uh, let's see if I can make sure I take the right one down. Hold on, have I got the right one up? Let's see, that one's there. And there's something I need to remove. I mean, give me one second here, gang. There we go. Does anybody know what that ship is? Can any of you guys call it out? <laughs> that might be the flying brick. Uh-huh, and which, 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 which one of the bricks is it? <laughs> That ship is actually sold as a luxury edition. Does anybody know what the, which one of the uh, Aurora's? There you go. It, it, it is the Aurora LX. And does anyone know what's so luxurious about it? It had the L and the X for deluxe in it. Okay, it, that's right. What else? It, it, has, it has a leather seat. Fancy leather seats. There you go. Thank you, Zora. The leather seats. Thank you, Fast Car. <laughs> the leather seats make this a luxury ship, okay? We just want you guys to know that's why it's in the category of luxury. has nothing to do with cost. Yeah, it has nothing to do with cost. But here's the deal. 
I actually have this ship. It's one of the ships I bought early in the game because it was a deluxe or it was a luxury edition. Now, I know for some people, they say, you got to be kidding. Just because the commercial said leather seats, you bought it. Yeah, I yep. did. Now, I will tell you a trick here. And Joe Run, you might appreciate this, right? I Is it Ibra Citizen? Thank you for the follow. Check this out, Joe Run. I get in that ship and travel. Nobody messes with me. I don't get pot shot at nothing, right? And I do it in my leather seat, right? As a luxury guy, right? If I take some other ships out, I get shot at. So as far as I'm concerned, as a luxury guy, especially somebody who's not a big PVB, I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I can defend myself. But if I want to get from here to there very quickly, very discreetly even, you know, it, is that a ship that I can take as a luxury guy? Absolutely. And if something happens to it, am I going to cry about it? Not at all, right? So for me, it has a purpose. Does it have a bigger fuel tank? I think there is. There is. It. I think it has the. It, it does have range. I'm not. Sure, is is it the tank that makes it the range or the drive? But there is something different and unique about that ship. Yeah. If you, if you have a more efficient drive, it you can go further, but it takes longer. If you have a bigger fuel tank, then you can go longer. A little longer. Whichever, okay. All right. Whichever. So, so I do want to just show that you know we're not so big in our heads that we can't get in, the, in an Aurora. That's all I want to make with that point. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at the next one. And this this moves us into the the next level of uh let's see here we go there we go now this is a video that uh a, a, one of our community people made of a very unique ship and this ship was shown in the 890 commercial and you guys if you look out on the pad when it pops up you can tell me if you recognize what ship it is he actually he'll bring it up on the panel there if you look. Does anybody no, know what ship that? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, fast car. Quick about the, about the Alex, real quick, is that um, I would put the leather seat in in in, in other um awards too, just to have that leather seat. Just to have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, it's supposed to be where you can swap out the seats from the commercial, right? Yeah. That was one of the things, right? Yeah. They modified it. Okay, uh, so this young lady the, the is. Avenger. Yep. No, no, no. This one, no. In the commercial for the Auroras, they they showed no, they no, showed no, no, no. I'm talking about the this. No, that's not the no, Avenger. That's the, uh, no, 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 no. That's the 85X. There you go, 85X. Anybody want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, any, black and white. Yeah. Anybody want to talk about that ship in particular? I actually bought this when I um when it first came out because I thought it looked cool. Like, okay, I'm not an electric guy, could like you like y'all are, but um, <laughs> I, I I I I have some 300s and um. And the other stuff, but, 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 but this one struck, struck, struck my fancy when I first saw because I love the look of it. But I have since melted it. Mm -hmm. You melted it. Um, it's such a great little ship. I, I love this ship. It's like the the cool thing about the eighty five X for me. Um, me, you know, my wife plays uh, SC with me, and mm -hmm. so we were actually looking. Um, you know, she's more medical gameplay. Like she loves that deal, but. Um, like I'm more, like I said before, entrepreneurial, financial type of gameplay. And um, this particular ship, regard, it, it reminds you, you know, Jordan, you talked earlier about immersion. You know, you can see a scenario where you get tired with the gameplay loop, your gameplay loop in the medical deal, and you get tired of just constantly booking deals and doing business. You just jump in this ship and you fly somewhere, like both you guys together in the two-seater. And, uh, and of course his origin, and it looks great. It's a beautiful ship. And so the, one of the only two seaters kind of that has that, I think it might be the only one that has a, you know, side by side, two seat, um, two seater deal 
that was a lot of fun for my wife and I. So uh, yeah, the, the, the only the only other. The only other ship that, that's like a two seater um, is the uh, is are the Reliance, but they're not side by side because once when, yeah. when you and turn vertical and you, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, but they don't have the same feel of this. I, the eighty five X was designed as a luxury runabout, just like a little sports car mm-hmm. for you and a friend, and that's that's what I use it for. I I, I was flying around in it last night. We we, we had a, a jump club event. We had oh, about about twenty folks with uh, with eight nineties. Uh, at Microtech, yeah. and uh, I was just flying around, looking at everything as everybody was coming in, and in my uh, 85X, and just it's the perfect mm-hmm. little uh, little runabout. It's one of the ships that I, and the thing that you mentioned about it is that, as most of us know, it's the complementary ship to the 890 Jump, um, and the fact that it is a two seater is the thing that I really do like about it. We've been there's been discussion already about the upcoming changes in uh, Update three 3.10. One of them being that atmosphere will have a tremendous effect on ships, particularly larger ships. And so there are already some people, I know I do this already as a role play mechanic. I, right now, if I have a large ship like the 890, I put it in orbit around most moons and planets. I do the same thing with the Carrick a lot of times, and I'll use those smaller ships to go down and either find a good landing spot or just, you know, just as a, a point of someone going out and searching an area and saying, okay, we found a spot, and then I come into that area. So I don't have to burn fuel looking for a good landing spot. The This ship here, for when you want to go down to, as you mentioned, uh, Joran, let's say, for example, you go into orbit over our court, but you just need to go down to the surface and pick up something. Are you going to take the 890 all the way down there? Or are you going to jump in this ship, fly down in style, pick up what you need, and go back up? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, just for the sake of operational costs alone, having these smaller ships are going to be very significant when it comes to having a ship like an 890 or a Carrick or any ship that has a parasite ship or, you know, accompanying ship that can go along with it. I'm also pretty amazed at the person who's flying this ship. There's some pretty agile flying in this thing, too. Oh, yeah. Though I am concerned about the control surfaces because the wings are so short once you have atmosphere. So it'll be interesting to see how well the ship handles once the wind starts blowing. Any other thoughts on that ship? Didn't they call this like the BMW? Isn't that what they first called it? Something like that? It was the BMW? Yeah, little BMW Mm -hmm. runabout. Like Black Analyx says in 310, with the the new atmospheric flight changes and the other flight changes, the the big ships like the 890 are going to be even harder to fly in atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a lot... Make a lot more sense to use the runabouts to go to go down to uh, to the planetary surface. The, the, the only problem we've got is that they'll despawn if you don't have somebody on them. Have, have you uh, yeah, had better luck on that? I have somebody dis they despawn if you don't have somebody on them. So you're it saying depends, like depends what? Depends on the patch. Yeah, really. Yeah, in in three nine, I think in three eight and three nine both, um, especially Carrick's are especially bad about that. Uh, it, if you get too far away from your Carrick, like oh, I see what you mean. Well, yeah. see, first of all, yeah. I always fly with my servants on my ship, so I never have a situation where no one's on the ship. That that's maybe why I didn't understand what you were referring to. My apologies. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> yeah, as long, as long as you keep staff on your ship, then it'll, it'll, uh, it'll for now. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Night Kai, uh, Mad Rambo, and Mo Ranger. Thank you all for the follows. We really appreciate it. But no, you're you're absolutely right. But again, 
in in reality, if you do take out, for example, as you mentioned, an eight ninety or character, for the most part, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to leave the ship out there by itself. Uh, even if it's for defensive purposes, you're going to keep somebody on the ship uh, because if you go down to the surface, you still know someone may attack you or whatever the case may be, or try to pirate you or board you right when it, later on. So that's another factor. There, there, there is a. I think it was in three seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was either three six or three seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually using my uh, my reliant uh tana as, mm. uh, as, a, as a snub nice and then and sometimes the uh, 85x the 85x is a pretty good little fighter when you mm-hmm. upgrade everything if you because mm-hmm. it's got two small shields mm-hmm. i think two coolers yep. um and so if you if you if you upgrade the coolers and the shields and the power plants the fr 66s i think they are um and uh all I, all four neutron repeaters gimbaled. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty solid little fighter. So mm-hmm. I was doing a bunch of little um, the NPC bounty hunting missions, mm-hmm. and so I'd take the 890 and I would park. So what I would do is I I would go to one of the OM points mm-hmm. in orbit, and then I would fly maybe a hundred kilometers. Uh, between the one endpoint and another one, mm-hmm. uh, and that way it wasn't close to anybody who might happen to pop by there if they were navigating, it wouldn't right. show up on radar. Um, so it's essentially hidden, but I, mm-hmm. I knew exactly where it was since we we can't we don't have nav, uh, nav markers. Right. Um, I'd take that and I would go and fly around and do the NPC bounty missions, and I'd come back and you know, I was just living on my uh, 890 for nice. for several days. I'm digging it, digging it, digging it. Okay. That's not like a handy deal, handy deal for when I get my my measurement. sounds like a plan all right let's go to our next uh one here um this is a little different ship and we know that this ship is in development right now and uh a lot of us are looking forward to seeing it it's another origins jump work ship and it's the 100 series of the ships we're focusing primarily again as you guys know on touring so we're just going to be talking about the 100i we're not going to talk about this the racer or the uh, cargo variant, but we are going to talk about the eye. What do you guys think? Tenth, uh, when you saw this ship, what did you think of it when you first saw it? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I thought um, I I, uh, I just see it as a smaller three hundred, um, maybe without the the cargo, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps the interior not having a bed. Mm-hmm. I see this as a um, <clears throat> a Similar to what you were saying, Jordan, kind of a runabout ship, mm-hmm. um, but m- maybe with a with some upgrades. Now, I, I mean, the concept art here has a is more spacious, obviously, than the eighty five. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I I had to get it for one, uh, so I have all three of these variants. <laughs> but How you um, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> Did you expect anything else, FC? Uh, but <laughs> the. Uh, but but you know I, this is this is one of the pictures that sold me. Um, I think um, this same kind of picture the with the beach um, the beach look to it has a either there there's a whole uh, litany of pictures that have like the 890 and the, you know the, the different origin ships strewn about and the 600 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but these little ships like this and the uh, the uh, the X1 um, that kind of parked outside. Um, uh, on the beach there uh, just kind of gives you this idea of relaxation and you know you might take a x1 out for you know a motor motorcycle ride somewhere or the 85x like i was saying earlier like you and a friend or maybe just this one since you if you want to bounce around similar to how you would on 85 you could do that on a 100 you know so mm-hmm. um i like it you know yeah. and i'd be interested in what this uh this uh adaptive intake 
refinery uh, will will do. I'm not entirely yeah, I, sure. I, I, I'm assuming that that's going to be a, a more efficient hydrogen intake. Right. That's what it's supposed so, to be. So um, yeah. as they've, they've been describing, the, the smaller ships are not going to have hydrogen intakes. Mm-hmm. So that they won't uh, be refueling as, as they fly. They're not real efficient right now in, on any of the ships. Some of them are a little more than others. But uh, I, so this adaptive air intake system uh, seems like it's going to be one of the only small ships that's going to have that. So it'll refuel some on, on the hydrogen. So maybe it'll even be pretty pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. Fast cart, you think you're going to buy one of these or uh, you're passing on the 100 series here? I'm definitely get it in the, in, the, in the universe. Like if I'm ever like, if I ever take a Starliner or like a passenger ship to, mm-hmm. to, to get to one one destination to another, and I don't have a ship, any ships on, on a planet that I land on, mm-hmm. I probably rent or, or I buy one of these temporarily just to get around in that, in that system mm-hmm. while I'm there. So, I mean, I love the look at it, of it. Um, it's really sleek. I like it. Um, but I mean, like like um, Tim said, it's a smaller version of the 300, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, between this and that, I like own a, own a 300 and rent this one. Mm-hmm. But I love the look mm-hmm. of it. And Joe Ren, do you see this as the entry level competitor to the Mustang and the Aurora from Origin? Do you see it as that? Yeah, that's that's what they introduce it as. That the the pricing is significantly higher though. So mm-hmm. I mean that's um, I I'm, I'm very curious as to how they might adjust the pricing um, once these go live in three eleven because they're they're within just a, like five dollars five mm-hmm. to ten dollars of the three hundred series and three hundred mm-hmm. series is twice as big a ship. Uh, the three hundred series used to be kind of a a, a I, I call it a tier two starter. So you've got a tier one which are the Auroras and and Mustangs. Mm-hmm in that are they like $35 or mm-hmm. so pri- price range um and then the tier 2 would be like the Avenger Titans the 300s where they're like in that $65 $70 price range mm-hmm. and i think these are around $50 if does yeah. anybody remember so I mean, fast card can you check it out for us i'll look it up yeah, so, the, so they're a little bit higher, um, but for people that want to have a, a, a much better looking ship, um, a better flying ship, a little more interior space, because the, 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 Must, the Mustang doesn't have an interior unless you get the beta. Mm-hmm. The Aurora's interior is pretty bare bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 135, that, that's actually the one that I got. I, I, I got the discounted starter package, the 100 starter uh, game package, and mm-hmm. I upgraded it to a 135. So that, that was $75 for a, <laughs> yeah. the 135 game package. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's got six SU, which is as much as the Pisces, and it's a good-looking little ship. So okay. that's okay. probably going to so be one of my snubs. I- Sorry, so the 100 i is 45, the 125A is 55, and the 135C is 60. Okay, okay. So yeah, that is that is definitely closer to tier two pricing for the smaller ship. For me, uh, this is the ship that I fly down to New Babbage in or R Corp. The Aurora, that's when you fly to Hurston. All right, that's that's the difference in that for me when I'm flying <laughs> on those two ships. Okay, but I love the ship. I think it's a it's a it's a pre design. Stifus is asking how uh, what size they are. I think they're around 15 meters, mm-hmm. very similar to the 85X. The 300 series is, I think, 25 to 27 meters thereabouts. So it's it's like half the size almost of the 300 series. Mm-hmm. And they're working on this. If I'm not mistaken, these are set up for 3.11. Is that correct? Or yeah, isn't that yeah. We're, th- for the next, we're three next months patch. away. Yeah. So uh, right after 3.10, guys, this is, uh, and ladies, this one may, hopefully, we'll see it. It'll be great to be able to see it. And there'll be another offering 
uh, for folks they, to have. They they showed them on Inside Star Citizen just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it looks gorgeous. Looks gorgeous. Yeah. Super surprised. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's continue our move on and touring. Let's take the tour to the next level. And, well, uh, and this this well, is Linux a... gamers is asking, asking sure. a question. Uh, uh, will you be able to squeeze two in a Carrick? Um, mm -mm, that's tight. I, One, yeah, you know, two. Mm. I've seen people. I, what is it that they can squeeze two of? Is, is it the uh, Merlin? Merlin's maybe, but like I don't think this. Nose to nose or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't squeeze anything into anything. Okay, let me let me let me back up a little bit for you, uh, old Nix gamer. Uh, when you're in the one percenter, you always need space. That squeezing stuff in doesn't work for me. So just so you'll know. Uh, if I need more room, I get another ship. That's how you do it. And I'm just, I'm just teasing. Uh, I know that's one of the things that people spend a lot of time on, seeing, you know, how many of this they can get in. And I know it's fun. It's a lot of fun to do that and see what ships are capable of. But the reality of it is that when you're in the game, are those going to be really things you're going to be worrying about? Are you worrying about if you need to get that ship out of the hangar very quickly, whether you're going to have to worry about accidentally doing damage to the other ship or even blowing yourself up in the process? I think that it's fun for now. But when it all comes down to it, you're going to make sure that you've got plenty of room to do what you need to do in the game with the ship. Um, okay, so let's go to the 300, guys. And, and, and I was going to show the old 300 commercial, but I decided to do the new one uh, just to, because of the rework. We all know that there was a rework done on the 300 series. Uh, in particular, we're going to focus in on the 300i. You guys know there's a 315p, uh, 325, what is it, 325a? and uh, 350R, the racer. Uh, but let's talk about what happens with the 300i, which is supposed to be the Touring Luxury Edition, the, uh, the very first one that we see, the white one. What are your guys' thoughts? Joe, why don't you start out this time with that one? Um, the, the 300, the original 300 commercial was what got me like really hyped about Star Citizen. Like mm. I love the new the new commercial. It's beautiful. I I, I love the soundtrack that was very like Bossa <laughs> boss, boss Nova. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Pedro Camacho did an amazing job yes. with that. Or was it Pedro? Did Pedro say he did it, or uh, was it the other guy? I wouldn't be but, surprised if it wasn't Pedro, considering he's in South America. It probably was him. Uh, oh, he he is actually or from South America, on, I should say. <laughs> uh, he lives on an island off the coast of Portugal. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked it up one time, and uh, it's like a beautiful, beautiful island. Mm -hmm. Like lives in heaven out there, composing, composing, <laughs> composing music, music right? What kind of job is that, right? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. But, but yeah, the, the the first 300 series commercial just really inspired yeah. the imagination, taking off and flying through the clouds and mm -hmm. flying off into space, and just and the the beauty of the ships they're there's they're sleek they're sexy they're fast it's oh, everything i dream of in a spaceship i, I love the 300s i've got the 325 315 and 350r i don't have a base 300. yeah 10th mm -hmm. tenth, tenth, let me throw a question at you when there was a rework from the 300i the first version to this version there were some yeah. people who didn't like it there were some people who actually said, hey, we like the hard lines of the first version, and that's the one we paid for. Uh, but Tony went and did some changes to this, and it became, as Joran said, a much sleeker model. Uh, do you think it's grown on people, or do you think people who like that original version said, ah, screw it? You know, I don't no, know. Absolutely. The, 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 I was almost in that camp, if I was going to be honest with you, Griff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did the, the original... Uh, similar to what you're saying, Joran, this is what got me and my wife into the game. 
obviously with the couple walking away from the 300 like that was like that was our deal like this is this is gonna be cool but the 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 cool thing about the original design and i think a lot of people will agree with me um was the butterfly doors Mm. those were those were that was the coolest part so when we lost that in the new design i think a lot of people cried foul um then it, it you know for for a little bit um but then it grew on you you know you had more space uh it was just it was reworked in a very uh like you mentioned griff uh it was it was sleeker it was it was sexier it just it felt more origin and um so i i, I love it it's yeah. great and i originally did have a 300i um that i upgraded to a 325a but that was right around the time where um, the customization was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, so I was still able to retain some semblance of this not being a fighter, mm-hmm. um, but really being, um, I like to tell uh, the people I fly with that, like, you know, this thing, I'm not going to go looking for a fight, but it mm-hmm. will get me out of a jam. You know, yeah. like, so, you know, that's that's kind of how I I go about it. And I, I love it. I mean, it's it's... It's beautiful. I, I love the 300 series. Okay. Fastcart, what about you uh, in relation to the 300 series? It's not a series that's ever talked about too much, even in relation to fighting. Uh, but in this commercial, they they show it. In fact, when they made it so that we could trick out our ships and you know do the painting and seats, they had weapons packages that you could get. What do you think oh, about yeah, that in relation? Uh, what do you think about that in relation to this ship, as far as it being some defensive capability, or do you think it's ah, if it's not if you don't have a Hornet, forget about it? What do you think? No, I mean if you don't have the money for a Hornet, I mean, this is a viable alternative. But I mean, when they think of an origin and you know a 300 specifically they don't think of fighting for for that they, they do think of luxury they like you, you go for you, you get it on 300 series for more for the looks and the um and the exclusive comfort that it offered rather than you know utility and um firepower that it may have but i remember like um for, for the rework i my first ship that i actually backed in 2016 was the c-15p but I melted that and got and got a hornet. But with the rework, when the rework came out, I I got the three fifteen. I got the three fifteen P, and I got the food processor and the clock um, module. Not module, but the um, we call it the add-on mm-hmm. that, um, that they were offered with it. So like they they brought me back with the with the with the add-on and um, someone um. I asked about the fridge. Type asked about the the fridge. Yeah, it has it has a food processor, so you can exactly like um, feed the character and not not go, not go hungry and sleep and everything on 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 the on the, the three hundred series mm-hmm. and um, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does and I I got the coffee maker. I I I I, <laughs> I, I love that 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 John Cruz talked a few times about how shocked they were at how popular the coffee maker was. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Oh, I didn't hear about that. What did they say? Oh, they 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 when they were talking about the whole customization of the three hundred and what people what sold the most, mm-hmm. they were they were somehow somehow I don't know how surprised that the coffee maker was one of the most popular things. Like, who does not want a coffee maker on their ship? Like, unless you're just really not a coffee person. Yeah, but and I, I tricked it out with all this stuff. Up. Yeah, I bought everything. I, I literally did. Yeah, I bought all the pieces. I, I don't care. I, 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 I bought everything for all of all three of my <laughs> all three of my three hundred series. I, I got the coffee maker. I got the the, the food processor. I got the, the the little picture the little picture frame. Yeah, all of it. Yep. The cycle pictures. I got the clock. 
for all three yep. of my ships and it, it does have the refrigerator and and it has a wine glass rack mm -hmm. so you so you can keep your champagne and your champagne glasses you guys there. hear this and man it, after my own rack. heart man after my own heart you hear this this is luxury we're talking about here <laughs> yep. okay but it's, it, it's a very capable ship. it's got three size three hard points yeah um and it's got eight s eight scu in the in the base uh in the base 300 mm -hmm. For for a, for a tier two starter, it's it's got a little of everything. It's Absolutely. it's just a great all around ship. Absolutely, Lord Styles, uh, Spokey Spokey. I don't know how to say that correctly. That Captain Adam and Sea Cobbler. Thank you guys for the follow and ladies for the follow. If there are any ladies there, uh, you know one of the things I do want to talk about is something that you said earlier, uh, Tenth, is that even though these ships are not just seen as fighters, they are ships that will allow you to defend yourself allow you to escape and get away and that's because everybody in star citizen may not be a fighter right but they may find themselves under attack for some reason and the, the question is will you get to live to see another day and so if you can defend yourself and if necessary you know if you attack I, you don't see these as being the ships that you're going to attack somebody i don't see a fleet of 300 showing up to start a battle but i do see them as you you do have defensive capability and we're going to find out about even that even more with some of the upper higher level ships go fast car if you travel if you travel with john you may come you make they may come up with a fleet of 300 you never know hey you never know right that's true uh, or a fleet of, or a fleet of eight, 890. yeah absolutely well, I mean, I you know, one thing before we move on to the next one is sure. that um, with the recent, uh, with the Rover actually being Origin's first UEE contract mm -hmm. uh, with the Navy, um, it's possible you might see more variants, uh, more uh, research development um, mm -hmm. from Origin around a beefed up uh, military offering. Yeah. Um, you know, well, the, so it's possible. Three twenty-five but... is a very capable fighter. Sure is. Oh, yeah. Sure is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So yep. I wouldn't put it past them. Yep. At all. Absolutely. Okay. All right. We're going to step it up a little bit here. We're going to leave the world of Origin for a hot second, because there is another Whoa! manufacturer that we've got to talk about here, and it's uh, it's one of the only other lone touring luxury ships, and that's uh, talking about RSI, Robert Space Industries, and the Constellation Phoenix. Um, interesting piece on this particular ship uh for those of you who've been around for a long time i'm talking about back when guy created dirt when star citizens got started um this was the ship that chris roberts says was going to be his base ship this was his favorite ship um it was considered at and correct me if i'm wrong jaron this ship was actually looked at as being one of the possible command and control ships this is before we start talking about the 890 and stuff um it was supposed to be an org leading type of ship or vip ship um but it's, it's gone through its changes. And those of you who've been around for a long time, again, you guys will remember when we hit the Constellation Mark II, Mark III, Mark IV. We've seen these variants. Some of you remember what the earlier Phoenix looked like when it had like the all white and chrome and, and what was that weird brown wood look that it had to it. It was all shiny and glossy. Uh, but they did a rework and came back. Uh, I'm going to comment on this ship first and I'm going to get you guys thoughts on my comments. I loved what they did with the ship, but I still have difficulties with it. Um, and one of them has to do with if I'm really thinking about what a luxury or touring ship is. Um, I wish, and of course they've talked about how each time they do these ships, they learn a little bit more about luxury and design. Uh, I wish that their entrance was in the, in the part of the ship where the luxury part is. Um, I, 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 like for example, on the 890, you can actually have an entrance where your guests come in, if that makes sense. 
Now, I know this is a small ship, doesn't have a lot of room for that, but I do wish that in some form or other they would have worked out something else instead of coming up in that middle section, which is still kind of the grungy work area, and then you walk to the luxury part of the ship. I also don't like the fact that the guest rooms and the main suite are gapped by the uh, conference room, bar, dance floor. You know what I mean? Um, if you want to get to your master bedroom, you got to walk through everybody to get to it. I wish that they put all the suites and bedrooms at one end and then kept the activity areas at the other end. So maybe if the, if the master suite had been in the rear of the ship and then the suites were in the back back there where the uh, hot tub and everything were, I would have liked that a little bit better. But that's, a, that's just in the sense of layout. I love everything in the ship. But it's just the way they laid it out. I, w I feel like they should have maybe thought about some other things. So feel free to chime in on that one. Well, do you think, Griff, that the, um, that if I recall correctly, there's uh, Archimedes or Merlin? Uh, yeah, they're supposed to have the Archimedes on this one. Yeah, yeah. So do you would, would you have liked to see them maybe get rid of that to add more? I don't know. That's a good question because you still have to deal with that rear area where all your components and engineering stuff is, so you can't lose True. that. True. Uh, but 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 at the same time, would I have traded off maybe where the hot tub is now and maybe have put the suites over there and then move the hot tub forward or maybe put the hot tub dead center and then move the bar and stuff closer toward the fore of the ship? Maybe I would have dealt with that even. Yeah. But the fact that you're crossing through what's supposed to be private areas and public areas and private areas, it, it just kind of kind of messes with me a little bit. And, and not only, the last thing is, there's no bathroom in the back. You got to go up front to go to the bathroom. So that's the other thing, you know. Up in the crew, up in the crew area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest complaint that most people have about the Phoenix is that they – love that the the design of the interior cabin area mm -hmm. the, the 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 central area the bar the wood the stone the lighting i they, they did a great job with the detailing but the layout was just really fairly poor and and the fact that they released it without doing anything up front and mm. I, I, if you guys remember the original hangar phoenix so the phoenix has been around as a hangar as a hangar <laughs> right uh non-flyable model before this came out for a long time mm -hmm. and uh, I, I watched some videos of it the front of the ship was totally different from other constellations it was much it, it was it was much nicer looking it was upgraded it was more luxurious um and i, I was hanging out with uh, with Craiglin, um he's one of the cig um, uh lead lead moderator uh, uh i don't know what his title is these days if you guys know Craiglin from concierge um, uh, spectrum chat mm. He's uh, he's a luxury guy. He he's got a Phoenix. He's got the 890. He loves luxury, um, and we got to talking about about this. And he was flying it around, and he he agreed with us that you know the the layout's not ideal. The fact that the um, uh, the the little the, the master suite or the master bedroom do, isn't a suite. It doesn't have a bathroom. Mm -hmm. The other one. Um, uh, you know, if you go in the 600 touring, mm -hmm. they've got their little, those little guest cabins, and they've got an integrated bathroom. Mm -hmm. So it's very compact, very well designed. Uh, and why they didn't do that on the Phoenix is really kind of a disappointment to a lot of people. And the fact that you have to in, enter through the, the front crew area, and the front crew area is pretty grungy. And mm -hmm. you have to walk past the, the crew beds. Um, there's the one little tiny bathroom up there. So I, I, I don't own a Phoenix. I probably won't ever own a Phoenix. Mm -hmm. um, 
but no. I, I do hope that they will give it give it another uh, another pass to uh, mm -hmm. kind of touch up some of the things that they released it. I think they just released it too early without really giving it a thorough thorough workup. Yeah, Fastcart, you owned a Phoenix. You have one in your melt, if I'm not mistaken, right? And you said you are kind yeah, of reconsidering can reconsidering maybe getting it back one day, right? So yeah, what, what is it about it you like? like? Five minutes about this thing. Really? Okay, go ahead. Give us give us two of them. Two minutes. No. <laughs> okay, so um, the one of the things that I like about this um, ship is um, Josh Coons. He's the one that um, he's the one, one of the developers behind behind the ship, and mm. I like that um, he, oh, he actually the, the Cutlass series. And uh, and one one of the things that, you know, before before Inside Citizen it was um, not reverse reverse, but you know, around the verse. Uh, Around the verse, thank you. Uh, Josh couldn't talk about the, the, the making, making of the Phoenix, and he stuff, he's going on the stuff like he wants the most expensive wood. He had he, right. he wants wood that there are trees that, that that are extinct that so so it's going to cost more money. And he was all, all about making this like you know baller. baller. That was that was just you know so um, yeah. So I, I got this um, probably in I want to say 2016, mm -hmm. but I couldn't really find it. Find a, a, a spot for it in my fleet, but the uh, with my um um yeah, becoming a marketeer and manufacturer and stuff like that. Like you know, it's it's just, it's a good night nice to have. I might get it. I probably get it, and the um in the PU if I don't if I don't you know you know change my mind and get, get, get it again. But uh, for right now, it, it, it is in my backpack. I'm, I might t uh, take it out again because I I do love this ship, mm -hmm. and you know you, you said you, you know you started out with your own, but also but I would just want to point out the um the, the Aurora is, is also our side, so you actually right. went from our side to our and back to our side again. You know Robert Space Industries. That's he, correct. He, he had to have he had to have this ship to, to, to start off the the, the the whole thing. That's correct. Yeah. Tenth, any thoughts on the uh the Phoenix? Do you own one? Um, I do. Uh, it's in buybacks, but as I like to tell it, it's in the shop and just getting some work done right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the the I, I love it. It was one of the the first ships um, that I got. It was, it was one of those early ships mm -hmm. um, that I've been dealing with. Um, but I particularly like it um, in the sense that you know we talked about the layout not being all the way there, mm -hmm. but um the i guess the 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 narrowness of the ship kind of mm -hmm. reminds me of your uh charter jets um, mm -hmm. that very very the very small mm -hmm. mm -hmm. kind of like it's just this deal for you and i think what gives you that right when you see this picture here the uh, seats along the side mm -hmm. um, it just kind of gives me that vibe of this is a you know um i might take me and my staff you know um on a charter flight, just really quick somewhere, and right. we're trying trying to get some work done. Versus kind of, you know, basking in luxury and and um, you know on the yacht or a six hundred even. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of make is a smaller feel to it. More like a charter, it's like it's like a charter, yeah, like a private like, charter. Like a charter, mm -hmm. absolutely a private charter. Yeah. So I uh, you know I I love that part. I think there's some work to be done, like you said, Griff, in the back. Mm -hmm. um, the privacy glass is cool um mm -hmm. but i think that it's just not enough separation 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, by and large, I love this shit. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, like the only reason I haven't bought it back out of uh, pulled it out of buyback is I just haven't really gotten to it yet. Um, yeah. But this was actually a, a regular for me, um, probably back in the uh, the early three O days. Yeah, it's become the ship for me that I've been flying more now since I've got it. It was the last of the luxury ships that I purchased. Um, and by the way, just so you guys will know, Joe Run's not going to the bathroom. He's baking bread. So we want you guys to know that he's he's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's actually a Bur- Burgundian uh, honey spice bread, which just turned out absolutely. Oh, look at that. And he's oh, sharing wow. it. He's going to share yeah. it visually. That looks awesome. That's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's multitasking. He's streaming and baking yeah. at the same time, which is pretty cool, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I've developed, developed, uh, developed a reputation as a baker. My, my, my latest, latest passion. North yeah, Foray. Well, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this real quick. quarantine baking thing. Oh, that does it. Absolutely. <laughs> did, did any of you guys, and we're seeing it in this video, did any of you guys, were you guys lucky enough to get the piano? When it came out, because I came in too late. Joe Run, did you get the piano or no? For the Phoenix? No. Um, that was like in I, the I early get a, days. Get a Phoenix. Yeah, the early days. That oh, If anybody has the piano, by the way, contact me, please. If you don't want it, I'll buy it from you. I'd love to get the piano. Yeah, but. I mean, the last minute commercial makes me want to get it back again, man. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Crunch One says he has two pianos. Look at that. One. Look at that. Crunch, get in touch with me, buddy. Trust me. I'm in. Interested. I'm interested. Okay, standalone piano, but that's awesome. And and again, they they may do a rework on the ship. One thing CIG has said about this whole luxury piece, where you guys remember this when they started out with the 600. Well, first, obviously, this was the first one. Then they went to the 600i. Mm-hmm. Then they talked about how much they learned as they progressed on. And of course, the 890 has become the epitome of them learning how these ships need to be laid out more. And there's been a bit of illusion to the fact, and they've inferred that they are going to go back. And let's let's go ahead and actually move to that. They've talked about now that they are going to possibly move back to the 600i and do a rework on it. There was a the ship's beautiful, and there was a lot of talk about it when it came out. At first, everybody was really excited about it, but then as people spend time in it, particularly the exploration version when it first came out. People were saying, well, there's a lot of unused space. Uh, there's a lot more that could be done uh-huh. with the ship. Now, I, I agree. There is a lot of space in there. But I'm also, again, as a luxury person, I love space. And I don't have to have every nook and cranny occupied. I think it should be uh, the util- utilitarian aspect of it should be there. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want my ship to feel like a Drake Caterpillar where everything is just crammed next to each other and I've got monitor next to monitor. I like the idea of having space. Some of you have heard me tell this story in the past about the 600i. Uh, out of all the ships I've bought in my fleet, and I have a few, this was the only ship I bought strictly because of the way it looked. I didn't care what this ship did. They could have said this thing delivered ice. I would have bought it. Uh, it was. I, I, I will remember being at VerseCon. We were in Austin. They, they showed it, and I was pulling my wallet out right then and there. I didn't know what the ship did, but I said, this thing is gorgeous. Now, I hate to say it. I was a sucker for the marketing on this one. Most of the time, I'm not. But the commercial for this, me being a classical musician and the violin, it just ripped me up. And when I saw this ship, I said, I got to get this thing. And they remember, they didn't even show the interior of it in this commercial. You just saw the outside. The thing takes off at the end, and that's it. 
But I said, I want to get this ship. So I'm very happy with it. I have both the exploration version and the touring version of this ship. I have both of them. Um, but I really do like the 600. And I'd love to get you guys' feedback and, and thoughts. Tenth, why don't I start with you this time on, on this uh, particular ship, 600i? Yeah. Um, you know, the 600 for me, obviously, being an Origin fanboy, similar to what happened to you, Griff, I just said Gib. Um, but the, the idea is, uh, for me, um, I see the 600 as, uh, I, I really do like this ship. Um, I do not have the exploration model and the touring model. Um, but I see it as something that is, uh, more of a, uh, uh I kind of think about it as a, a, if you're flying teams around, you know, if you're. Um, conducting business in the verse, you know, you have a small charter, let me talk about the Phoenix, maybe a small charter type plane, but this might be something you, you would use um, for like a larger, medium-sized type team and you you can have work done and you are just, maybe you're, you're raising capital and you're bringing a whole team along with you to kind of help you do that. Uh, or you're, you're taking a, um, I, I, I don't want to say um, like a, family vacation, because I kind of see that in the 890, although if you were to uh, do that with like multiple families or, you know, a lot of friends going on vacation, you could take the yacht out uh, very easily. Uh, but I do see the 600i as a private yacht that's on a smaller scale. It might be for someone who had just, uh, just kind of dipping their foot into the uh, luxury yacht world um, or this kind of idea around um you know luxury in the verse this might be one of the ships you would start with uh in that higher tier of course you're not starting here you know straight out the gate but this might be something where you're like i'm not sure if i have the funds to kind of put up 890 or the capital uh to kind of bring it uh, into my fleet or even some of the uh, upkeep costs the 600i is probably a good choice for that. So I like this. I like the the touring one. Um, we talked about it earlier because all the the uh, the different rooms that have their um, their different is they're they're closed off in the big stairwell in the middle. Uh, there, those are that's awesome, you know, and it gives you a real kind of uh, vibe where you can like I can live in here, you know. This is really cool, and I know a lot of the the marketing material talked about the sofas and the community aspect and the the billiards table and all this kind of thing like it's a really cool ship and like you said griff i don't you know if they didn't rework it i'd, I'd feel fine with it if they did rework it i think there's a lot of uh, design aesthetic um that could be taken from it i believe morphologist talked about the 890 um and did his run through as an architect um which was really cool to see so doing the same thing in the 600 would be be awesome if they took some of the the, the pointers there and kind of mm -hmm. into this good good to run thoughts on it when it first came out well they introduced it as a concept in the summer of 2016 uh, or 2017 mm -hmm. uh and that was at six months after i'd bought the 890 and it's like okay well i spent 890 dollars on the <laughs> on, on the 890 not all, not all at once so that mm -hmm. i melted over half my fleets like you know like a lot of people see these really expensive ships and they think it's like oh somebody just forked over a thousand bucks like no it's like over a period of a year i had 
put in several hundred dollars. Um, I, I'd gotten the um, the Explorer pack uh, from 2016, so that was $495, and I melted that. Um, I, I won a Terrapin on Greyheaded Gamer Stream, so that was $195, Ooh. and mm -hmm. I melted that. So that I was at seven hundred dollars. Uh, I think I melted something else. And I put I think I put in like another hundred hundred and fifty dollars for the uh, for the eight ninety, mm -hmm. um, and I'd melted ha over half my fleet. Um, and I figured, okay, well I'll get that back over time. And then in mid um, uh, two thousand seventeen, they came out with the Origin Complete Pack for twenty one hundred dollars, mm. and it had two six hundreds, and <laughs> it was just like. Wow, I gotta have that, and it's got all. It's got all the 300 series. It's got 85x. It's got the X1. It's got. It's got this Origin Rover, which we knew nothing about. Um, so I uh, had put in a, a couple of hundred dollars here and there, melted some stuff. Um, like my poor freelancer Dur and my Saber. Uh, I don't know how many times <laughs> I, I I unmelted and remelted those. Those were like like a hundred bucks, hundred and seventy bucks, like in the bank. Mm -hmm. Like okay, gonna have to melt you again, and. Then I, because uh, the 890, like I was already halfway there, so I, I um, uh, got the Origin Complete Pack, and I, I, I thought that it was, it was, it was a great design, a lot smaller than the um, uh, 890 would be, and then when it finally came out in 2018, um, I loved it. I, I loved the interior, I loved the design, I liked the space. Um, it, it was the first large ship that we had that was for touring for mm. luxury for having more space and people were used to smaller ships that were very cramped um and uh, everybody was complaining about the wasted space and that just really triggered me constantly because i i don't come from a gaming background i come from second life mm -hmm. um since 2007 yeah. uh, i have lived in virtual worlds mm -hmm. and hung out with friends and gone exploring and gone to clubs and beaches and that sort of stuff and, mm -hmm. and for me i'm more of a, of a person who experiences virtual worlds with friends mm -hmm. and i've also had houses and land and you decorate and you buy furniture and you put up artwork and i was think i was going through and it's like well i could put chairs here and i could put some furniture <laughs> over here some sculpture over here it's like i can decorate the the interior and nobody else was thinking about that when it came out they weren't mm -hmm. thinking about making it your own and cg had talked about that at various points in time about mm -hmm. in the future the hangar flare which everybody plays around with in the hangar you can put posters up you can put up sculptures and your trophies and and all these things in your hangar and they had talked about doing that in your ships and that mm -hmm. was a test you had those item ports and it's okay well here's an item port and you can put up a trophy case or a mm -hmm. sculpture or pianos and stuff and furniture and things so that's what i was thinking when i went through it so i wasn't really thinking as it wasted space i was thinking it's like oh i get to decorate this when we get furniture and things mm -hmm. um the layout could have been a little better and um morphologists actually did a complete rework of the interior of the touring mm -hmm. and that he did an amazing job mm -hmm. with that um and so yeah i i i I love the 600. I spend a lot of time in it. I, I use it. It's a great mid-sized runabout. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I also call it my bat, my battle yacht because a lot of people call it the the largest single seat fighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's got <laughs> yeah. it's got yeah. really heavy shields and yep. you can have gimbaled uh, three gimbaled size fours on it, so you can mm -hmm. do claim jumpers in it 
solo yeah. real easy um so it's 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 a good all-around ship mm -hmm. but i'm yeah. very happy that john crew said that they're going to do a complete interior redesign mm -hmm. work because i i kind of feel like the movie solo mm -hmm. i enjoyed solo a lot of people didn't mm -hmm. but it could have been better mm -hmm. so it's yeah. kind of the 600 for me it's like i love the 600 <laughs> but it could be better so yeah. it's like oh they're gonna make it better so i'm thrilled yeah okay <laughs> well i'll say this the touring version to me was a better improvement than the exploration version and fast card i want to throw this at you what did you feel when you heard them say it is an exploration touring ship did those two things go together for you in your head an explorer that's also luxury or did that seem weird to you um to me it, it seemed like you know right right in cig's back they've been doing that for ages mm -hmm. in my opinion because um like we 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 haven't discussed this, but the Mustang Beta, mm -hmm. it's not it's not luxury at all, but it is a a, a touring a mm -hmm. touring ship, it's, right. it's an exploration ship, and it has the creature comfort. It's it's a, it's a consolidated outland version of a luxury ship, if um, if anything. Mm -hmm. But if you step up to the, like this 300i, that, mm -hmm. that is definitely a, a touring ship, mm -hmm. and but the, that you you have the 315p, which they said is the exploration ship. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, you can swap components between the two and you have um what, what you want so yeah, right. i could totally see them coming out this with as a luxury exploration ship or a uh, exploration ship that, that has luxury in it okay but for me but the 600 series it's it's too much for me for the price and everything mm -hmm. that you get to it was just too much for me and you know I like the exterior of it, mm -hmm. but I, I am one of the people. I, mean, I don't want. I don't want to trigger, trigger you, Johan, but it, it, it does have too, too much space inside. I'm sorry. <laughs> my opinion. You know, the, I'm not saying they couldn't use it. You make better use of it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not really. The, the one thing that I didn't like about it was the way that the window is in the back of the ship. That mm -hmm. you know, if you're sitting in the seat, you have to crane your neck to look up and out or if you're sitting at the bar you're looking a mm -hmm. away from the window and you can't see out to the side you can only see up mm -hmm. um so what do you have to fly upside down yeah so yeah it's like uh, well I, let me let me jump in on that because you hit on the point of my the things that i didn't like by the way miguel johnson jet heller thank you all for the follow to your point jerun my disappointment with this ship which they did a great job on the rework for the 300i and on the phoenix the 300i got that freaking moon roof in it and the phoenix mm -hmm. got those side windows in it the 600i has no side viewing if you're inside the ship you cannot see the stars passing while you're traveling when you're in the phoenix and i think you mentioned this uh 10th when you're sitting in those side seats it is so cool when you're in quantum seeing everything passing you when you're inside the 600i now i will give them kudos for putting that glass floor in because that is cool but they it need to be bigger it needs to be bigger it, 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 it absolutely i love the idea that they put it in the seating area where people can sit and talk and you can see that view but it also needs to have a black strip that runs down the side particularly for those cabins in the in the touring version so when you wake up you can see outside to wake up to four walls in a touring ship to me sucks and I agree with you completely about how that seating is in the back area of the ship. It's gorgeous back there, but it's not taking advantage of the view like the 890 does. The 890 takes advantage of its views. Well, fast cart. Uh, yeah. So one last thing for 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 me, the 600i, it just it 
the hit is too pristine. Like, I like uh, if, if I were to step inside the, the 600 uh, series, I would be afraid of talking mud in, 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 on the floor. Cause, I mean, it's like, it's where it's, you it's, should it's, be, Tencent, that's why we're going to put a rug there for you. He says, put a rug right there for you so you can rub your feet before you get on the ship. That's something else. But you know, no, but, um, no, the, no, no, but allowed. It, 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 like you have the you have your your Star Trek um, analogy, analogy and stuff like mm -hmm. that. How the, the, you know the Enterprise looks look clean. It looks cleaner than the Enterprise. That, yeah. that, that's how clean this ship looks to me. So it's yeah. just it 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 it's just not like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uber nerd, good to see you and thank you for the follow. Um, you know, and, and I will say this about these ships, you know, each as we keep moving up the ladder of these ships and we're going to start talking about what does touring and career mean to us later because this is something that's not been completely defined yet. Knight Curlick, thank you for the follow. And Stuart, thank you for the follow as well. Um, oh, but, oh, wow. Thank you, Uber Nerd. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Welcome to Soul Citizens. Thank you, Uber Nerd friends. We appreciate you guys. Uh, let me throw this at uh, you too. This the six hundred I before we move on to the eight ninety the six hundred I exploration. I, the one thing I also felt was was which I do love. I love the second level where the deck is where you have the ramp because that's where I'm planning on putting my X one or my uh, what's it called the Origin G twelve. I would love to see those down in that area, but the science area was lacking. You had the two consoles facing each other, which didn't make sense to me. So I do hope that they really do work that into a real science exploration center. That whole center in there could mean could be so much more science for me. And then let the back of the ship be the luxury part. Let the front and the downstairs. But they need to develop that out because just having two seats with two consoles didn't justify it. And let me ask you this, Joe Run. You can comment on either one of these if you want to. Price point. The Phoenix is three fifty. That six hundred is four hundred. Well, it went up a little bit. I think it's four thirty-five now. Is that price point good to you? Because those are two different ships, particularly in size. Do you think that that number is spaced out enough? Because they're pretty close in price between a Phoenix and a six hundred I. You know, it, it, it's funny when 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 they when it first went up for sale and it was close to four hundred dollars for the um, uh, for the for the six hundred series. Mm -hmm. And people were comparing it to the Aquila, which was 250 at the time, I think, or 275. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you can't compare the 600 to the to the Aquila. It was so much more ship. Mm -hmm. So, and if you're comparing the exploration versions, you're comparing the Aquila and the and the 600 uh, Explorer or the Phoenix uh, uh, with with the with the touring version. Those are definitely a lot closer. You, you get a lot more ship out of the 600 for not not that much more money. Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't the did the Phoenix go up in price or is it still fairly close it, to it's, where it was? It's I think it's still three fifty. I think I want to say three fifty. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it, it's and it's always been about about that price. So it, it's, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's 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 hard to say. And should they jack up the price on the touring if they have the touring price less than the Explorer? The Explorer's higher. The spread between the Aquila, uh, which is up to what three fifteen now. Three ten. Mm -hmm. uh, thereabouts um and four thirty five i think it is for the the touring and then the exploration yeah 
Yeah, so it's um, yeah, and that that I thought it went up to four seventy five. I was talking to somebody. Yeah, early. yeah. And that, that's and that's an expense. That's an expense. That's a big show. jump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. the but the the carrot went up to six hundred. And I will say this: the six hundred is a big ship. I mean, if you guys walk underneath that thing, it it is not small. It is a big ship. Uh, In volume, it's four four times the size of the Phoenix. Wow! And yeah, yeah. You got almost sort of convincing me when you said it's the biggest single fighter, um, single seater fighter you you can get. That that one is an argument in favor, but other than that, it's too pristine. All right. Well, other than it being too clean, hopefully we'll get fast card to get one one day. I don't know. Take take your shoes off. Take your shoes off downstairs before you go up in the ramp maybe that's what we'll have to do um all right we're going to take on the the the, uh, the big enchilada at this point now and it's the ship that uh definitely we know joe run will have some good things to say about and that's going to be the uh the, the 890 jump uh this is the in-game ship for when it comes to luxury vulcan raven quiet jay speaker dusk Ritelli, rezo granny and all the other wonderful people vectrio thank you all for the follows we appreciate it um the 890, uh, we'd seen concept images of this ship forever. A lot of variations on it, some fan stuff, stuff that CIG produced, and, and people were always excited about it. Uh, we even saw interior concepts. Uh, and, and this is one of the ships that was really, really anticipated by a lot of players. But at the same time, and we're going to talk about this in the second half of the show, this idea of luxury was still getting thrown out there. Um, it, was, it was sold as a ship that would be used by orgs. Uh, a ship that could be used by org leaders to have meetings, ambassador meetings. But there was always this other piece about luxury. So before we dip too deep in luxury, I want to get your feelings and your thoughts. Jerun, because you're our guest here today with this whole piece with the 890 Jump Club. It's obviously the signature ship for you guys. Give us your thoughts. And I would love to know your thoughts on this commercial. What did you think about this commercial when it came out? Loved it. Loved everything about the commercial. Um, The... The the only downside about the commercial is this this part where it's showing the um, uh, the the turrets bla- blasting the smaller ships. Mm-hmm. We don't have that really working very well yet, but I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to them working better in three um, in three ten. Um, the the commercial really gets across the lifestyle of of the ship um, of being able to enjoy touring around the verse with your friends and throwing parties and going to exotic locations and and you know, as we see the the beautiful locations building out in uh in microtech and orison coming soon and eventually we're going to have other other planets the uh the, the planet that they're actually showing there i don't know if anybody knows that this is helios so it's a tourist planet it's an ocean planet and the islands actually float over the ocean um and uh, the, the They've uh, they've shown this in a lot of the, uh, the 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 imagery from the the 100 series, the 300 series, the uh, the 600 and 890. That you know, going to these beautiful locations that CIG is building and touring as a space tourist, you know, it's very different from a lot of people's view of a game of having to go in and complete a quest or mission or go here and kill this or have this battle or something like that and there's completely different views of living in this universe that cig is building and that's why i always say it's not a game it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. and for a lot of us and everybody in the jump club and people who love the 600 and the phoenix um 
and just love flying around looking at beautiful things. It's just like being a tourist in the real world. Mm -hmm. We're going to have amazing places to go and see and, and having a ship like this, um, the, the luxury part of it and the touring is important, but a lot of people don't understand that it was really designed as a multi-purpose um, capital ship. So it was designed to be a high value trader. So mm -hmm. ideally when they get the physics grids fixed, it's supposed to have 484 SCU. So um, from your trading experiences, that's a little bit more than the Carrick has right now. And you know, it, it's extremely defensible with twin capital shields, twin power, capital power plants, twin uh, capital um, coolers. It, it's almost com completely invulnerable to anything except for probably a Polaris. Mm -hmm. um, uh, multiple retaliators aren't gonna be able to take on 890 down. So if you're carrying really, really high value cargo, which we don't have right now, right now we just have scrap and ore and stuff like that. But if, if you're hauling like really expensive uh, ship components and you've got tens of millions of UEC worth of cargo in there, it's gonna be a very capable trader mm -hmm. if you wanna do that in the ship. Um, it's supposed to have the exploration scanning capabilities of the 600 um, Explorer. So not gonna be as good a dedicated Explorer as the uh, as the Carrick, but if you wanna go exploring in it, a lot of people bought it for that. To be able to travel into deep space and Again, it's very difficult to take down because of the capital shields. Um, once all the turrets are working, if you have a fully crewed 890, it's gonna be a tough nut to crack. Mm -hmm. So people will feel fairly safe. Um, and I personally don't really wanna take my 890 into unsafe space, but a lot of people plan to. Yeah, let me um, give you let me give you something to think about. You mentioned about having very, very valuable cargo and I wanna kind of put an extension on that that there is another dynamic that people miss out on on this piece about luxury or touring. The valuable cargo is people. Think about it this way. Eventually, there's going to be a point where dying in this game has value and means something. And let's say, for example, you want to get a bunch of people and they want to go to Grimhex to do gambling on the races, right? Why not travel in style in a ship that's going to get them there in one piece like an 890 jump? Might have some issues going through navigating the asteroid belt, but that's okay. <laughs> but the reality of it is value can be looked at in a lot of different ways. If you have leaders from organizations, as you mentioned, Joe Run, this ship is tough to take down. Even now, even though we know balance isn't completely there, but based upon the anti the defense systems that are on it, I hate to tell you this, but if you've got a full crew, try to pirate this sucker. 32 guns in the gun racks, right, that you can take off if your crew wants to man themselves for somebody boarding the ship. It's not going to be a small thing to take down the ship. And the and the 600i is also tough. I had a guy tell me today they fired nine, four size 9 torpedoes at the sucker and didn't take it down. Now, how many ships can take that type of punishment in game? So people can laugh about these touring ships, luxury ships all they want. But if you want to survive and live to see another day... These might be the type of ships that you might want to travel on. So something to think about. Uh, Tenth, you're the other luxury guy here. I'm not going to put the heat on ten, on, on fast cart yet. Give us your thoughts on the 890. No, what's, uh, yeah, the 890 was the uh, as the pinnacle of the fleet for me. Um, I like the 890 in the sense of it being the hub for, you know, a lot of people talk about the uh the polaris or the idris or the jav being like that's the that's a command center for a lot of orgs um mm -hmm. 
and uh, in particular, um, I wanted this ship as a command center for, um, as, or an, uh, a command center for an org, um, but to also just have it be one of the places where say you have an org and uh, maybe you're more corporate facing or you're kind of jack of all trades or where can you have a ship um, or where can you, where can your org meet um, to just kick back sometimes? And I think that's exactly what mm-hmm. um, RSI was showing with the party atmosphere here. Um, yeah. Just being something where you can see a lot, a large gathering, you can see entertainment, fun, mm-hmm. you know, drinking and all kinds of uh, stuff going on, but also have this ship be, like you just said, Griff, um, not easily taken down, you know, like this thing is, it's a beast, you know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of fun I see with the 890 in, in the idea of where do you go to relax um, and kick back from everything that you're doing in the verse. I think that's part of the luxury idea mm-hmm. um, in the sense that where can your miners break away? Where can your financiers or your you know PMC groups, how, where can they just kick back for a time? Now, I know some PMC people uh, or security professionals won't be caught dead inside of 890. <laughs> um, if they had, if they could be, you know, if, if they had any say in it. But um, to me, this uh, this signified the next step um, in a lifestyle inside the virus. If the 300 was the 300 series was that kind of entry level for seeing myself in the verse. I can see the 890 as me uh, joining with a whole bunch of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And having a good time in the verse and doing these kinds of things together, so um, I love it. I love the ship. It's and it's it's fantastic, and it's 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 massive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always blown away every time I like you know spawn it, and you walk up to the thing, you're like, "Geez, this thing is huge. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. massive." So, uh, yeah, those those are my thoughts on it. it looks, I love the ship. Fast card. Let me throw this question at you: uh, Is this a ship where, let's say, for example, you want to travel from where somewhere in Stanton to Terra, right? Is this the type of ship that you load up 30 or 40 of your org members in when the, of course, when the servers are bigger, do you load up that many people in this ship or do you send 30 or 40 separate ships to Terra? Which one's the way you go? Uh, for that question specifically, specifically it depends on how many, how many ship you have at Terra when you reach a destination. If they all have ships there, sure, you can take them on the, on the 890 mm-hmm. and, you know, get, get the LMP. But if you, if you have to bring, if you don't have any ships there already, mm-hmm. you have to take the, the only ship. Right. But I, I, for, 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 for my thoughts about the 890 is that, you know, the, the ship is overpowered when you see a whole bunch of them in victory to try to take down a javelin or a, uh, an address. I I can't count how many times I go to some stream and see a whole bunch of eight nineties all over the place um, and d- d- doing the Invictus. It, 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 I mean, for, for a ship that only has like maybe 3,000 in existence, if that, if that number to be um, accurate, you sure do see a lot, a lot of them on, 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 on people's streams. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I, there's no doubt it, it's, it's a popular ship. Yeah. It's just, if you know, what I said about the 600 series being too pristine, that I don't see that as being the case for the 890, but mm-hmm. it, it is a, a lot of money for for, for, for a, a ship that is, um, how do I say it, without, without um, 
offending people in 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 in, in this um, chat right now. But I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of tip for uh, just just luxury. Yeah. But it does have, you know, it has a lot of hole, a lot of armor. You can take a punch, but yes, I, I, I agree. But it's, yeah. for that kind of money, I can't, no, not yeah. me. <laughs> and, and I don't think there's any offense to that because I think that luxury, and we'll talk about this again in the second half, but I think that luxury is not about value in the sense of the metal and it just the items and the materials that make it up. Luxury is something that Joe Run said earlier. It's about lifestyle and is there value to that? The one thing that this video shows us is the social dynamic of the ship. Even though there are these little side things with it being tapped by these fighters and you see a couple of people go out in the, um, in the uh, 85X and do some flying. But if you look at what the real focus of this ship is, it's about a bunch of people who are getting together and having a good time. And for people who are hosting that, that value is there for them where other people would say i'd rather put my value in a kraken right because that's where my focus is you know what i mean or it's a merchantman because that's where my value is because of trading so i think that again don't get me wrong it's steep you're absolutely right and and technically the 890 is an in-game ship right like a kraken is or a privateer you know you, you started a merchantman but a privateer is a whole nother level of when you start talking mm. about trading right so this is definitely an in-game ship uh, for, for people who are into luxury. The good thing is, is that we do have these other intermediate levels of like a Phoenix or a 600 that people can still step into those careers, you know? Uh, real quick, I just want to get, get, say um, the base radio has a um, 890. For, for, uh, like I said, it's considered an org ship. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the base radio has has it for the, the, the station. So it's, we have our own party boat. They have poles. What people going to do with the poles, I'll leave it up to your own imagination. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time. That's awesome. Vulcan Raven, Vectrio, Alpha Zero, Pickle Skin, Pale Musedib and Court. I guess that's Courteous. Thank you guys for the follow. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break because we do want to get into this discussion uh, talking about luxury. That is one of the big things that we want to talk about in the career. We want to get you guys thoughts and opinions on luxury too. But before we do that, we want to do a special appeal today. Um, there's a, a friend of ours who's in Test Squadron, doesn't know anything about this, uh, but the person's family recently had some, some bad things happen. Um, I'm going to show you a video that was recorded by the news station there in their in their town. Uh, the mother's elderly uh, home was hit by basically a microburst tornado about a week and a half ago. Uh, this person has been privately reaching out to get support. They do not know I'm doing this, so I was not asked to do this, but I'm doing it because I know our community is often a very um, charitable community to people when people have gone through some things so just want to show you guys this video very quickly let you take a look at it and then uh, after that we're going to jump back into the show there is a link that you see popping up here every once in a while when you see that link if you want to go to the gofundme page check out the details and if it if it sounds like something you want to lend yourself to love to have you do it if not don't feel any pressure for it but we do want to just take a quick second to take a look at this video so just bear with us here okay Right now, cleanup efforts are underway in Davie after some severe storms ravaged the area last night. Local 10 Syra Onward is live at the scene with how a mobile home community is coming together to help each other out. Syra. So this weather really created a scary situation last night at this Davie mobile home park. But today the stress and fear lies in how are they going to clean this all up? 
Last night, Local 10 spoke with Rachel McCarty about the damage sustained to her mobile home after a passing of what the National Weather Service called downburst winds. Today, she's left with a mess. Help desperately. <laughs> what does a cleanup like this entail? What needs to be done? Well, as far as the cleanup, the whole front inside is soaking wet. It's going to have to be demoed all the way down to the bare wood. Then you'll have to check the bare wood to see if it's any good and needs to be replaced. But kind neighbors like Marco Ramalotti lending a hand with the cleanup. Trees everywhere, mailboxes knocked down, and obviously this lady lost her roof. But with damage this bad, they could use a hand from you. I went and got her tarps. I have a ladder. What I'm asking for the public, please, anybody can come out here and help us put these tarps up. So we are at Park City Estates in Davie. That's off of Southwest 83rd Terrace. You heard Marco earlier. If you're in the area, they could really use a hand. They've got some heavy tarps that they need help lifting. Help to help this woman who's already been through so much. Her mobile home's basically destroyed. So come out here and help again. Park City Estates. We're live in Davie. Syrah Onward, Local 10 News. So just shared that with you guys. Um, I know there are people who first thing people have asked is, well, didn't they have insurance? And the reality is she's an elderly woman on fixed income. She had let her insurance lapse. Her kids didn't know about it and they didn't find out till afterwards. So they are pooling their resources together to help their mom out. But if any of you all want to be able to help out, the link is there in chat. Feel free to take a look at it. The details are there. The money's going straight to them in their GoFundMe. We're not getting anything, but we just want to put that out there. So thank you guys for the attention there and for uh, and checking out that video. So let's go to part two here. Let's jump into this subject about luxury touring. Uh, is there such a thing? Is there any games out there that have had something called luxury or touring before? Joe Run, this is a big area for you. With you being the guest, I'm going to throw this question at you first. Have you seen any games that have ever, you know, other than games like A Second Life, where actually that kind of spreads into it, but I'm talking about games like this, MMORPGs Beyond Second Life. Have you ever seen anything where people have kind of, said that there's going to be a career called luxury or touring? Well, for a, a career, I don't think there's other games that have ever really had anything like this because nobody's tried to build a, a, an immersive universe that doesn't have like very specific game loops. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know if you already had VIP transport on your um, on the agenda for the show. You can talk about it. Feel free. Um, but I, that's really the the designed career for for these ships, the the uh, the Phoenix, the 600i Touring, and the 890. Their designed career is VIP transport. Um, and beyond that, um, we'll be actually taking people on on space tours. So there will be NPCs that will need to be transported. So the um, uh, the cru Crusader um, uh, Starliner, Starliner, Starliner mm -hmm. um, at at the kind of in entry level uh, airliner tr transporting a hundred or two hundred two hundred people from Terra to Seoul or wherever in 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 the uh, in the system that those are going to be okay you buy a ticket it's not very expensive but if you want to travel in a little higher higher style then you can pay for a trip on a on a phoenix or on a um, on a 600i or at the very 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 high end like if it's one of the UEE senators or somebody um, a massive uh, uh, corporation owner uh, who's tra who's traveling and and wants to char charter a ship to, to go from point A to point B, there's going to be really, really um, high-paying uh, VIP transport options for the 890. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and Todd Pappy brought that up on a on a Star Citizen Live probably about three months or so ago. He mm-hmm. uh, he he brought that up again. So a lot of people aren't aware that that is going to be an intended uh, uh, gameplay loop, mm-hmm. as it were, for NPCs that uh, will be offering tra- um, transport uh, contracts mm-hmm. uh, needed to go from point A to point B. Um, and there there's a bit of controversy about that because the 600. Um, Q and A that came out. Uh, ben Ben Lesnick was uh, out for eye surgery um, for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, and so he wasn't actually working when the um, the Q and A came out. And the 600 I uh, sale came out, um, and there was a comment on there by the, the the dev who was answering the questions who didn't really understand it very well, mm-hmm. um, who said that no, it it's not a VIP transport ship. Which like to this day they have not taken that down, and <laughs> right. I am so triggered by that. <laughs> right. It's like I, I need to harass somebody about that. Um, but Ben Les came on um, Batgirl show. Uh, ben stayed with Batgirl back when he was doing that uh, a, a couple of weeks later, and he explained. It's like, no, he, he wasn't able to have input on that because he was out, but it will absolutely definitely be a VIP transport and there will be very high level missions. Plus also those of us who know about the, the depth of the storytelling that CIG plans to do mm-hmm. around missions and newer newer backers don't remember the um, uh, the Tessa Bannister missions where mm-hmm. you'd go and you'd, you'd go and you'd do something you'd come back and it would lead you to another one and another one another one or the private investigator mission where you'd go do something and you'd some information and it would lead to mm-hmm. okay well you do this and this is intended gameplay in the future where okay well you may take a UEE senator from point A to point B and it's like oh well if you do this and you get this reputation and then he he says well you know I like you I've got this job mm-hmm. that you might be able to do, and that's only going to be available for 890 jump owners or 600i owners. It's like where you're operating at that level and you have that reputation, you'll have access to be able to do things that nobody else will be able to do. Right. That's so a good point. That's a little known um, future career option and, and uh, gameplay yeah. that uh, I'm excited about. I, okay. I didn't really think much about that when I got the ships. I got them just because they're beautiful. I want beautiful ships to fly around in. Right. Fast Cart, can you say something? Yeah, real quick. I just want to say this is this seems like the 2950 uh, version of an escort of an escort quest that you would get in a, in a fantasy sword and magic um, fantasy RPG of MMO or game. This is you know you pick you get a mission pick you pick up your your escort. You have to make sure that they don't get hurt or harmed along, along the way. And then at the end you get your reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quick chaos. Thank you. Thank you for the follow. Um, tenth, let me throw this at you. Uh, you know I'm big on luxury. Uh, I have two accounts. One account I call my working man's account, which is my thing that has everything from a reclaimer to my fighters, all these other ships, right? Then I have a luxury account. I literally call it that. It has nothing but luxury ships in it. That's all that's in it, right? Nothing in that account makes money, <laughs> okay? Right. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that because people who know anything about in real life, people who own yachts, you know, I'm talking about multi-million dollar yachts, will tell you that those ships do nothing but eat money. That's all they are. They are they are nothing but money pits. That's all they are, right? $7,000 just to turn the motors on for an hour. That's the type of thing it is on, on real life yachts, right? 
So my question to you is, should operators of luxury ships have that mentality? In other words, and, and to Jerome's pun, don't get me wrong, even luxury ships today can go out and be rented, right? People can rent them, they can charter them, but that doesn't cover the cost of the expense of a real yacht. And even in Star Citizen, even if you're doing these runs and missions, will that be significant funding for you to operate a fleet or even a single 890 do you think that people will have to do other things? Because the reason why I have that secondary account and the reason why I can't wait till the ATM machines enter is because whatever I make on my working man's account, I'm sending that money over to the other account to, to run those ships. That's the deal. Yeah. So yeah. I, do you think people need to be aware of that? Or can people Absolutely. take a ship and just run that ship and figure they're going to be able to maintain a crew and mechanic? You know, can people do that? That's faulty thinking. Um, I, I think that, if you think you can you you can get 890 now and then in the game not really consider how to own a 890 uh is a huge faux pas right uh my role is finance and accounting and um you have to you have to count these dollars and cents as you get up there you know and if you don't it becomes a a, a true it, it, you're, that thing is going to be sitting in your fleet for a while until you figure out how to get your revenues up enough to cover the cost of expense for your entire fleet. So when you think about having a, uh, you know, we you're, you're talking about VIP transport and Jordan, you're saying that that's going to be a, a, a focus of the 890. And um, I could see, you know, especially in, in how I want to play the game and there's many different loops. You have all kinds of things. I have all kinds of ships, you know, but my, like you mentioned, Griff, like, those 890s um, and the 600s and those ones that kind of just take money, you know, mm -hmm. this is just a money pit. Um, you're going to need to figure out how you um, how you do work, maybe on another account or on the same account with different kinds of ships, you know. So, for instance, um, you might charter out the 890 for a while and just, you know, jack the cost up, you know, to maybe just cover the cost of uh, the, the gas, the staff, the, mm -hmm. you know, you name it, um, so that you don't incur any cost with renting that ship out. But I can almost uh, think about a situation. Uh, I think J two in chat was mentioning about the Starliner earlier, mm -hmm. where um, you know if you, and I think we talked about it on the show before too, where if you get a sh uh, you get a Starliner and you know you have these these commercial hubs at all your major like Area 18s, your New Babbages, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera where you can get a license to operate as a carrier out of these different places, those become areas where you can uh, transport NPCs and granted in kind of a sardine fashion uh, with the, the Starliner. Um, but you really do have to consider the way you make money. And it just, you know, with luxury being a lifestyle, you have to then ask yourself, well, how do I fund my lifestyle, right? I don't know anybody inside of Star Citizen who has a trust fund yet. Right, where money is just kind of being slushed over to them, and they just spin it how they, you know, we're all going to have to be able to craft our way inside of the verse and craft what we want to do inside the verse, which is why I think it's important for us to consider how the different careers that are, that are uh, uh, proposed to us or that are available, how we take advantage of them. And so, many of us who, Jordan, you mentioned earlier about people who have gotten to that wing commander level or have purchased 890s also have other ships in their fleet, you know? So there's there's a different kind of mentality um, around it um, that you're not, you're not just gonna buy 890 and be like, great, this is awesome, I love this, you know? Um, 
because that's going to become very old very quickly, especially when your UEC is draining every time you take that sucker out of orbit uh, or out of atmosphere into orbit. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there saying, I, this thing costs a lot of money to maintain. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, I think uh, the, the other plus to the 890 and those larger ships is that it promotes um, multi-crew, multi-player uh, gameplay. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're just kind of sitting on the A90 by yourself, you know, what's the fun in that? You saw the commercial and there's, it's lively, it's jumping, it's popping, there's a lot of things going on. You have, the game is being more and more designed to be played with other people. Now, granted, there will be those NPC blades and, um, NPCs that can really come in and do some of the grunt work for you. But Griff, I think you were mentioning on a previous show that we were on, um, that, you know, the NPCs won't be able to do what an engineer could and saying, you know, run down to the engineering bay and swap this out or, you know, who, how can they be proactive? You know? mm-hmm. So that's only the type of interaction that you get with MP, with, uh, excuse me, with players. And I think that is going to be the key because as you play the game with people, you get access to different kinds of information, funds through orgs, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You contribute in a certain way. These are all things to be considered um, when you, when you kind of, think about owning an 890 it's just it's not going to be this thing you just kind of ride out with you know because you don't have the money for it yeah i would suggest that anybody who's interested in doing luxury and careers there are plenty of great videos on youtube about luxury yachts what they call mega yachts and you should watch those videos uh because you'll find out that people who work on mega yachts right now just the staff alone the people who change the beds and do security and all that they're making like 40 to 70 thousand dollars a year just doing that stuff you got to pay that crew to make your ship run efficiently right um crews are going to be expensive uh, yeah 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 exactly and 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 here's some things that i think joe alluded to this a little bit earlier there are factors that people aren't thinking about yet you have to have backup components on your ship in case something fails how much do capital components cost in the game it's going to be ridiculous, let alone hydrogen, you know, fueling, repairs, compensation for the people who are helping you out on the ship. These are all factors. And, and I mind you, I know there's some people who aren't going to role play at this level. They're going to be some people who are going to say, yeah, me and my three friends are going to take the 890 out. Well, good luck with you doing that. That's all I got to say ahead of time. Fast cart, are you going to say something? Yeah, real quick. If I only get an 890, I'm going to have to put my ammo on on layaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't, don't forget about the cost of champagne and caviar. That's oh, yeah. Dude, we haven't even got to the food yet, right? The feeding everybody, right? <laughs> Lord Styles, Stifus, and Pramster all had some real good points here. Lord Styles says, when immersion reaches the level where we can make our own game loops and invent new ways to make money, the SC economy is going to boom. I agree with you 100%. Stifus says, I think that just in terms of the game mechanics, I think the 890 jump won't be a money sink. It has utility and it can refuel itself over time. Quantum fuel isn't that expensive. This leaves just repairs, which yes, in case of a capital components can be hefty. Also, it can be dealt with with simple insurance fraud. There you go, guys. Make sure you write that down. And, and, and then lastly, Pramster says you need a structure that helps you stack money and pile it so that you can spend it on your yacht. Steel barons, anyone, uh, you need many Orions to make cash. And, and to your point, Pram, so that's what I'm saying. My working account is about making money primarily. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be surviving with that account. That's my main account. But a lot of that money is literally gonna be transferred over to that other account so that I can fund those ships. Because I don't wanna have the restriction of because I don't have enough money, 
I can't use them. And yachts aren't out on the water all the time. They're in the hangars a lot of time. But when you take them out, you want to take them out in style. You want to be able to bring your friends on. You want to, maybe you'll charge your people. Maybe you won't. Maybe you tell all your people, hey, pile on. Don't worry about it. I'm covering it. But trust me, it's going to cost money to run these ships. If fast car, go ahead. For the, for the people here, John, Griffin, and Ted, what happens if you can't cover a, having a ship in, in your hangar for, for a certain period of time? What, what, are, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to like uh, throw it on a, on a back burner or like lend it or a solid temporarily on, on a loan and, and hope you get it back? Or what happens if that, if that happens to you? I think we're all planning on being pretty space rich here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but yeah, you can plan on that, but you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Well, it's 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 conversation that that's I needless to say we've got over seven hundred eight ninety jump owners in in one concentrated place. The conversation has come up a lot over the past several years, and we have a, a few owners that they have an eight ninety and a snub ship, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And these guys. They're going to work very, very hard at the the utility uh, earning uh, potential of the 890, and it, it does have it. You're going to have to work really hard at it. it you might, mm -hmm. like Pascar says, like if you're not really being very smart and very careful, you might come up short. <laughs> Just like people that are running a business on a tight shoestring budget, mm -hmm. you know, like if something something happens and your expense, like one of those capital power plants goes out and that's mm -hmm. you know it's a half a million uec right there to replace that and like oh crap i'm gonna have to go get a, get a job on somebody else's ship here to well this thing's in mothballs but I, mo most of the rest of us i am plan on in spending a lot of our time with our cargo fleets or or, or mining fleets and and making a lot of money and that's going to fund our time with our with our 890s to just take it out you know like most wealthy people they run their business empires and then you know i've got a free weekend i'm going to go down and take the yacht out to monaco and spend some time with my friends and and watch the uh watch the yacht show or the or the art show or what have you mm -hmm. um so i i think most 890 jump owners have a pretty solid plan oh by the time you're investing that kind of money um in, mm -hmm. into this project and you're talking thousands and thousands to tens of thousands of dollars um in in spaceships at this early stage or years ago i, I know people that they they put in ten thousand at the kickstarter and they're in the million mile oh. high club and mm. uh, these guys saw the vision that chris had and it's like i'm in i'm yeah. in 100 percent. this is what i want this is what I've wanted since I was a kid and I'm 40 years old or whatever. And you know, now we're 50 plus. Um, you know, I, I, if, uh, if I'd had the money at that point, I probably would have too. But I was like, whatever little extra, because this is going to be the next 20 to 30 years of my entertainment. I mean, mm -hmm. this, this is it. And, and I'll be buying UEC to supplement because I, I have a good paying job. Mm -hmm. And I work really hard in the real life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work really hard in my second life mm -hmm. my third life right, in space um so yeah i'm gonna have a business empire but mostly it's for me to relax and i plan on spending money to buy uec um I and mean, that's not going to be a major uh support I, mean, I don't know where that's going to balance out in the future but i fully intend to supplement my income my income so like in second life some people work in Second Life to mm -hmm, right. earn money to pay for to buy clothes and avatar upgrades and furniture and houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. I I I buy Lindens, so it's mm -hmm. like all right, it's like they're twenty bucks. Like there's I'm five thousand Lindens, and I can you know I yeah. go and 
tip DJs and buy some furniture or, or whatever. And because like I'd, I've got a little more money than ti than time. Yeah. And that makes CIG sense. has has that plan. Uh, and I wanted to I touch on J2 had a, a comment er, uh, a bit earlier. I, I uh, kept that from scrolling. He's uh, talking about uh, transporting passengers in a flight sim, but otherwise hasn't heard of that in another game. Uh, I don't know who's played Elite Dangerous. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to go mm -hmm. play about 50 hours of Elite just so I'd know what it was like. Plus, mm -hmm. also, um, there was no space trucking, cargo hauling in Star Citizen at the time, and mm -hmm. I needed it badly. So I went over there and I did some space trucking. Mm -hmm. um, got bored after 50 hours, but they do have um, passenger transport. So right. in the same ship that you go mining with or combating with or whatever, your same ship, you buy a module, and that's a passenger module. Mm -hmm. and you go to a station and it's like, okay, well, I want to pick up this much freight. I want to pick up this many passengers and I'm going to go from this point to that point. And there, there's nothing really involved there, but right. technically you're transporting the cargo of passengers. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, added the whale. So, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then uh, there's some really high level ship in Elite Dangerous. It's the whale. The one I'm talking about, the whale, the big one. Yeah, the, the yeah. big whale mm -hmm. fancy ship, mm -hmm. which uh, has VIP transport, which is more pays higher. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that much because I only played fifty hours. I got like three, two or three ship upgrades. Yeah. Um, so I here it's going to be a lot more involved. You're going to have actual people walking on your ship, and you're going to have to entertain them, and you got to have a bartender, and you got to right. make sure that they're happy, and um, it's going to be a whole different sort of thing, which I I don't plan on doing very much of because. It kind of sounds like a pain in the ass, but if there's only, <laughs> if there's only two, or, two or three really high-paying VIPs that are going to result in interesting gameplay um, opportunities or, or adventures, mm -hmm. storyline stuff. I, I love storyline stuff. It's like, yeah. I, like I'm the guy that plays WoW, and like I read all the quests. Like I don't click through mm -hmm. stuff. So I read it, and then like I read all the oh, there's something on the wall. I go over and I read that. And, yeah, like that's uh, I'm I'm more in it for the storyline and the experience. Ebra Citizen, Go thank for you for the, the uh, bits. And Admiral Kasaji, I want to respond to that fast car. I want to respond to his thing real quick. He says, I just think that one character should be able to do the work and be able to enjoy it. Why make two to 50 accounts when you're in the first 50% or 2% of the time with your main tune? And I agree with you, Admiral. Let me explain why I have two accounts. Uh, I came out of EVE. And for those of you who are EVE players, you know that many times people had multiple accounts because quite often they would be doing two different things. Uh, in Eve, I would have maybe one person doing the mining and then I'd have my second character be hauling the resources back and forth to trade so that I wouldn't have to stop. When I came into Star Citizen, because I didn't know how Star Citizen was going to be laid out in the early days, I kind of just brought that same mentality to the game. As I found out that Star Citizen would be a game that I could do everything with one character, my attempt at that point was to merge these two accounts because originally mining was a big thing I wanted to do. So my main account had my mining ships, my secondary account had cargo. When I called CIG and said, hey, can I merge my accounts? They said, nope, can't do that. So what I was able to do was gift a lot of my ships over to my main account. But there was about $800 worth of ships I couldn't gift because they had been credited and traded and all that other stuff. So they were stuck in that account. I asked CIG once again, can I merge my accounts? They said, no, we can't merge accounts yet. So I realized, Joe Run, that with $800 worth of credit, all I had to spend was another 150 bucks and I could get an 890 jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, hence the creation of a luxury account. And so, at that point, I said, well, I'm going to take all my luxury ships and put them over here. Now, you still may say, well, why didn't you just have all your ships over there? Because we still don't know how the game is going to play out when you are injured or hurt. 
I wanted to make sure that whenever I want to do luxury stuff, that character can do that solely, and that's what I want to focus on doing. The other account covers every other career, whether it's mining, repair, fighting, everything. So you're right. I'm probably going to spend 70% of my time in that account with that. But the other account, that's the only reason why I have two separate accounts, because CIG would just not allow me to merge the two. I joke about it, but that's the real reason why I have it. I, I, I got my other account so that I can go do stuff. Uh, my main account, which has a, a, all of my ships, mm -hmm. I, I don't intend to die. I, I don't intend to really go anyplace mm -hmm. dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my primary life and right. because of the death of a spaceman and reputation and, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing um my main account i i don't intend to do things dangerous so i got a, a secondary account some people do get secondary accounts to go do nefarious the beater bad boy right mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like i'm always getting two shoes regardless of what i do mm -hmm. um so my other account is my adventurer my explorer so it's like you know i'm gonna go out and travel into the far far reaches of space and explore and and go and, and participate in combat on my friend's javelins or whatever and their space and their giant space battles with the, mm -hmm. or with our with our affiliate um, org actually so we've got the jump club which is all the 890 jump owners and then we have our kind of mutual protection org called the jump accord mm -hmm. so those are all the jump owners that have uh, pledged to protect each other in case we're attacked and um, so gotcha. I think we'll, ha we'll have some combat ops here here and there and it makes sense Admiral one of the yeah, Admiral, to answer your question too, the 890 jump has four suites and one master suite. Fast Cart, go ahead. Are you going to say something? Oh, what, uh, what Joan didn't realize is that this was my, my, my interview account, my, my interview attempt to like, you know, if I ever run out of money, he would pay me that, that, that $70,000 a year that you were talking about people working on Yachtman with me. Fast Cart, could you question number four, toss that out to everybody for us? Question four. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, John, uh, what are your ship toys that complement your 890 jumps hangar? Like, what, what else? What else you have in your hangar besides 890 jump? You know, I no in your I, no, I, in your 890s hangar. I mean, literally in your 890s. Yeah, what are going to be? I, oh, okay. I, I I I vary depending on what I what I what I intend to do um, at the time. Like uh, sometimes I may have a 300 series in there, uh, but I rarely do that these days because I prefer to have multiple options. Um, sometimes I'll have my Reliant because I I, I love my Reliance. Mm. Uh, it's a, it's a great ship. It has the best view of any ship in the verse. It's a nice little two person um, flyabout. Um, it's, uh, it has room for an arrow, a Pisces, uh, 135. So I'm thinking possibly that kind of combination of smaller snubs. Um, and there's just, there's so many things that you can put in there. It's like mm. little this, little that. I, I, it's, it's all about choices. Like I've, I've got a, I've got a few ships. I'm such a snob. I only put luxury ships in mine. I am such a snob. <laughs> it's so terrible. I can't, I can't help it. If it's not an 85 X or, or, a, or a, a, an Archimedes or, a, you know what? I'm so, how big of a snob I am. Well, no, no. You know how big of a snob I am. I won't even put the, um, What's that? What's the anvil thing? The little Pisces, the Pisces. I won't, I won't put the chrome one in there. Only the white one goes in there. I, I, that's how bad I am. So, this is so, terrible. So, so you only put the P seventy two in there. You won't put the, the, the P fifty two. That in there. darn tootin'. That's right. <laughs> I know. That's terrible, isn't Love it? it. <laughs> I want to admit that I uh, Love it. that that that's kind of my mo as well. Eighty five X or three hundred series. Only origins going on the. On the <laughs> You know, uh, it, it just fits. It just works. And, uh, you know, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I think you put myself with. Fair enough. Um, let me talk. I'm gonna toss the next question out there, fast card. Uh, in in this one, I'm t- tossing out mostly to Joran and. Uh, well, actually, I can ask. Uh, well, mostly Joran and Intent because they have these ships. What do you consider an optimum crew size for those ships? For the 600i and the 890 in particular? What? What? I mean, how many people do you feel? Should be on those ships to I operate can, I them. I can answer that too. Oh, you you got it. Okay, fast card. I'll let you ask first. Then go ahead. Me. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. No, Fair no, enough. No. Fair enough. Go ahead. Joe, run. What about no, we start with you? Or oh, tenth? Okay, tenth. Yeah, tenth. Tenth cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the the six hundred. Um, I don't see a lot of a need for like a big staff, especially in the touring uh models um you know you might have your you know you're i'm thinking about it in terms of you know you have your pilot co-pilot your gunners you know and your, kind of your flight deck crew but then you're know, thinking about how you might have your uh a bartender um and just what will aid in the atmosphere of the ship so i'm not seeing more than uh or any i'm seeing maybe anywhere a half a dozen to you know 10 you know at the max you know just on, on which one the 600 or the 890 on the, or the, the 600 um and i'm uh-huh. thinking about all the way from the pilot to you know you got four beds down there um so you can have people who are working people who are kind of uh who, who are rotating shifts okay um in that area if especially if you're kind of up for that long haul type of deal okay but the 890 is a, is a little bit uh, it's trickier um because you're thinking not only about your security personnel on the ship but you're thinking about your uh, like the kitchen crew and the you know the the bartending crew, right? And so that could get up really high. You know, I, I I haven't really thought about this, you know, in terms of like what the actual numbers would be. But I know if I would sit down and kind of map it out as an eight, you know, if I'm an eight ninety owner and I'm kind of considering the cost of staff and administration, um, I'm I'm looking at it in terms of Okay, well, how many people do I want um, operating a specific uh, area, whether that's you know the kitchen help or the bartending scene, and when do I need it? So I'm, I'm at any given time, I might have a roster filled with staff, but you know I might have twelve to fifteen of them active. At a okay, time. twelve yeah, to fifteen, so, roughly. Okay. Roughly, and you and I might rotate them out. You know, for instance, if, I, if I'm just the 890 is touring around, and I'm like trying to cut costs—not necessarily cut costs, but really just bring people on for shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a 600i that rolls up right next to the 890 to transport your crew back to port. You know, um, and drop off the next crew that will be serving for the next runaround um, for the next party you might have, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Et cetera. So something like that, maybe. All right. Joe Run, same question. The six hundred and then the eight ninety. How many people do you think are optimum for you? Yeah, for for me, I I I've always kind of thought that I'd have like five or six uh, permanent NPCs as crew. Um, my big ships are the eight ninety, the Carrick, and the Banu Merchantman. Okay. So I figured I'd I'd have five permanent MP five to six permanent NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I was thinking that, that was before we got the 890, and it was twice as big as I was expecting. <laughs> so um, I, I would probably scale that up to maybe eight or so for the 890. I'd, um, I'd, I get what you're saying, 10th, and especially if you're going to be doing entertaining and and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, I'm probably going to be running a more, um, more streamlined um, uh, crew. Because I, depending on again on what, on what I'm doing, if I'm having a lot of people over, I, you know, I'll have friends that'll fill in on 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 some of those um, uh, on some of those other um, necessary roles. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm doing the VIP transport and I have four VIPs on there, then um, I might staff up to maybe twelve mm-hmm. um, or or thereabouts. Uh, that way, you've got enough people running the ship, enough people running the. Um, uh, the, the the passenger support roles like the bartender, the chef, the wait staff, um, that sort of thing. Plus, also mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you, if if you are attacked, that you can man all of your weapons. It's like you yeah. don't want to be out there so soloing your your eight ninety with no with no weapons. Yeah, you know, people do these days. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I, do, I do have a, a much answer to, to that question. Like mm-hmm. for, for me, my, my, my big ship, my best, my favorite ship is going to be the Man of mm-hmm. and I'm expecting to have maybe three or four NPCs on that thing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing, though. They, my problem with NPCs, though, and you guys have to help me with this because I've heard so many variations of the NPC thing. At one point, Chris talked about, or or somebody, Tony Zervik, somebody talked about there's only a certain percentage of P- NPC versus human players. Do you guys remember that? In other words, you can't have a ship that's all NPC. It's it's only so many NPCs that you can have on a ship. Do you guys remember any of the conversation about I that? that um, okay, so mm-hmm. uh, at CitizenCon 2018 in, in Austin, which I, I, I watched multiple times after, mm-hmm. I didn't get to watch it at the time, um, at the very, very end of his uh, of his hour-long presentation, mm-hmm. we got two minutes where he talked about this. And right. he said that he would talk an hour about the subject. And all of us that have large ships and mm-hmm. have been debating NPCs and um, like Admiral Kinosagi were talking about the, the Javelin and like its mm-hmm. old crew count was 80 because it has so many beds. Mm-hmm. Like, they talked about having 80 crew on the Idris in Squadron 42 to make it feel alive. And mm-hmm. you know, people are hot bunking, so you have three shifts. And right. so you're going to have one-third of the beds of how many crew you're having on there as right. you rotate through. Same thing with with, um, with the Javelin. Um, but we, we have had these debates in the Jump Club since the beginning because this is how we're planning on like staff, staffing a good bit of, our, of, of our ships. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to think that there were going to be limitation limitations on this, but, um, uh, primary, there were two, two different talks, one by Dan Truffin, 2018. Um, I think it was also on a, um, on a calling all devs. Uh, but then this talk by Tony, Tony Zurevic, essentially it doesn't seem like it's going to be limited. Their intent mm-hmm. is to have, um, NPCs are going to be able to operate like fully crewed Idrises and Javelins in the verse, like we saw with the uh, Invictus Week. Um, they were skeleton staffed; it was just minimal crews. But in reality, they're going to have um, NPCs that will operate every single station on the ship and go through their da- daily 24-hour cycle routines, and that's what they're working towards. And I know a lot of people are very um, uh, uh, skeptical uh, about how NPCs work since they're all in T-poses, standing on chairs. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
again, we're still very early in alpha and we're going to see the first iteration of the bartender, which is going to be one of these um, more advanced NPCs that is supposed to have a lot of interactive routines, interactive interacting with other NPCs and with players and picking up things and moving around. And so this is going to kind of set up the, the, the first um, iteration of the more advanced NPC behaviors, which is why it's taking so long. Um, and Tony said that like, if you're not in the same area as an NPC, like your engineer, um, they're going to be simulated. So all the things that they would be doing will be simulated in the background, but they won't be physicalized. So it won't be a drain on the, on mm -hmm. the processing mm -hmm. resources. Um, but it seems like you'll only be limited by by how much you can afford and they're not going to be cheap. I don't expect. Right. So yeah. that's what I remember him talking about was it wasn't going to be cheap. Yeah. I remember him saying also that an NPC will not be as efficient as a human person. That was another factor. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, and I know there's a trade-off there. I mean, and I get the trade-off. It's no problem with that. I just thought I remembered back, and this was, this was back in the early days when I talk about the limitation. Because now that you mentioned that, I do remember him er, saying that. Er, earlier on, there 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 was this belief that the NPCs were not going to be as as efficient. But mm -hmm. um, uh, Todd or. Todd Pappy had, mm -hmm. had a calling all devs. Um, I think it was last year. I've got saved, and I'll link to you these after the show, um, or I could link them to you um, now. You can, we can pop in a, in a chat for people as well. Mm -hmm. um, so Todd Pappy said that. that NPCs will have skill rankings. So depending on how expert level they are at things, they will be as good as players at those specific roles. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not going to be as flexible and he didn't go really in depth in mm -hmm. this, but um, so they're going to be able to operate a turret or um, piloting or right. engineering and fix things and things. But um, you're not going to have a tremendous amount of flexibility in you're telling an NPC what to do and they're not going to be thinking for themselves creatively. Right. They're going to go through a routine and operate in as efficient a manner as they can for their skill level. Um, and thank but you for correcting also, me on that, because that's what it was. It was efficiency, not it was flexibility, yeah. not efficiency. That's what it was. It, You're right. Ex exactly. But they're going to be more reliable because they're not going to get wipe mm -hmm. aggro. Dog's not going to have to get out to, to, <laughs> to take the dog out. Uh, you don't have kids that are screaming in the background or something happens or they got to take the cake out of the oven or uh, yeah. bread out of the oven, as it were. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be working full time. Um, right. And then there was another um, uh, interview with Dan Truffen out of uh, out of the, the Frankfurt studio where he was talking about these 24-hour routines and that um, during combat, they'll go to a red alert status and they'll go to their battle stations. Right. And then when you're not in, in, in a combat status, then they'll stand down and they'll go back into their daily routines and they'll, you know. And they have to rest and, and they have to rest too. That was another factor. He said you can piss yep. them off if you don't let them sleep and everything too. So yeah, that's another yeah, factor. Morale. You, you, you can overwork them. <laughs> yeah. Or feed them. Yeah, or feed them. <laughs> yeah. Captain Adam. Yeah, Captain Adam. Yeah, Captain Adam, yeah. Captain Adam says, I have a question. Since a lot of the future of Star Citizen seems to be working and hiring crew members and such, do you think real life schedules will affect the game and finding jobs much? And I know this has come up in relation to those who are going to be operating large ships like Javelins, like the 890, because many of these ships are intended to that when they go out into space, they stay out in space, that they're not going to be coming back into harbor anytime soon. <clears throat> Some orgs have said they want to be able to run their larger ships on a 24-hour basis in shifts. So, yeah, I think real life is going to have some impact. Um, to Joe Run's point about, you know, my and I, I think I said this before, Tenth, my issue is, is that if I've got somebody working in engineering 
am I able to pull that person from engineering and have them do something else? If engineering is their proficiency, can I also tell that person, hey, go man a gun? Or if the guy's a gunner, can I tell the person, hey, can you go put the fire out? That's going to be the reason why I feel like I'm going to rely on maybe humans a little bit more uh, in relation to operating my ships. But if they if NPCs are efficient, I have no problem with it. But as Joe Run said, you got to have the cash if you're going to do that. That's what's going to be another factor. Yeah, I, I remember that um, conversation about the um, NPCs having a skill rating. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was the captain table, they were asking about whether or not there will be a firefighting um, yeah yeah or like or, or like or like how would an npc uh would the npc be able, be, be able to put out a fire and my thinking is that if i if an npc has enough skill rating or is, it, is that high enough but it's an expensive npc um it may not be great at putting putting on a fire but it'd be it'd be better than than having nothing or, or just yeah. relying on you but if you have to move get out of your seat from your pilot seat you know to put up a fire yourself mm -hmm. but yeah i think it'll, it'll be interesting but yeah the, I, it'll be also i wonder how much the, the npcs will cost or how much they will be charged for like per week or per month basis because that'll be interesting too yeah well we know proficiency will definitely play into that too you know if you get the low-end guy who's you know low experience like if it's five stars maybe he only has one star star and a half obviously his price is going to be a lot lower than the guy who's three and a half or four stars mm -hmm. um tenth i'm gonna throw this question at you and then we'll move it up to uh to uh joe run and then fast cart uh since touring ships that so far as we've seen touring ships are mostly outfitted for defense how would you respond to the area of pvp or griefing in relation to these ships do you think that and a lot of people talk about oh these are going to be nothing more than ships with bullseyes on them and targets do you think that that's going to be a factor in the game or do you think people you know if they see an 890 they'll say hey there's an 890 cool and they'll just let it go on and do its thing what do you think is going to be the reaction to these ships and i know in the beginning maybe but i'm curious as to what do you think ultimately how will people see these touring ships in the game ultimately um i think it's uh, you're going to get people who uh, we'll always see anything from a 300, you know, to 890 as a target. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's just going to be a mixture of both. I think that there is some merit in what was discussed um, in the calling all devs uh, a couple weeks ago, where they talked about PVP and kind of the uh, the way that it is. So, for instance, um, you might have Pyro, which is an outlaw system, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd imagine that if you're taking an 890 into Pyro for whatever reason, you know, to, you, you know, you get somebody who wants to tour Pyro, um, that you have sufficient enough security in that area so that you don't get popped, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there. But you might have a place like Terra, um, where the you know to to borrow the 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 language from you know Eve is it might be a high sec area. You know, you might not, somebody might think twice about popping an 890 that way um, just because of what the fallout could be and, you know, what, how long it'll take to actually take out an 890 in that area before the, you know, the, the Navy gets to you. Um, and so I think that there is a strategic thinking around having these different, these different ty types of ships and where you want to fly them, where you want to take them. Um, who wants to see where, you know, and what the premium might be, you know, so you might get your, you know, your, 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 you talked about VIP transport before, um, you, you think 
if you might consider somebody who says, Hey, take me to pyro, you know, wealthy mm -hmm. entrepreneur, you know, just take me to pyro. I'm paying top dollar for, it, <laughs> you know, you know, you're like, okay, you know, you got to find somebody to do that, but then you might get the, the 890 owner or the charter. And here's, a, here's as an aside, um, I would love to see, uh, I would love to be able to just take a fleet of 600s or have a fleet of Phoenixes or 300s, you know, just kind of operate a charter service mm -hmm. um, using this thing, you know, similar to like your Uber Blacks and whatnot. But that would not be, you, be a thing. It has to be a thing. It would be so cool, right? But think about the the owner of one of those uh, those concerns, and and then you you say you, the guy finds them and says, "Hey, take me to Pyro." Um, you're charging. You're going to be charging top dollar for that because the connections then come into play. Similar to what you were saying about the court drawing, you like you might tap some of these guys and say, "Hey, I got a I got a mission for you. I ten percent off the top for you. This dude's paying top dollar. I just need you to take us to take us to Pyro. I'm going to circle them around for a day." And then you can come on out of there. I'll pay you. And we just want to make sure we don't get popped and that they feel good about it. And they've, they've made that money. And so when you think about the, so to answer the question, I think it's going to be more of a PVP decision-making type deal rather than all out griefing because okay. the griefing aspect is going to have, um, from what I'm hearing from all the calling all devs and how the game is being developed, there's going to be some serious consequences just griefing for griefing's sake. Just for the sake of it, yeah. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to think twice about it. And just, just like your PVPers, your pirates, mm -hmm. your entrepreneurs, like you're all going to have, you're going to think twice about where you do business, how you set up shop. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to think twice about being a griefer because there is no real benefit in, uh, they're trying to make it where there's no real benefit in griefing, but mm -hmm. there could be a benefit in PVPing, which is a an activity that once you engage in it, uh, you have kind of these consenting parties based on where you're located. So right. I like how they're approaching it. I just don't think that it's going to be a situation where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting griefed again. Just you know? fire up, yeah. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people just want to be out there, you know, trying to pop an origin, you know, and a lot of people tell me, you know, what are you going to do if you take the Kraken Privateer out? How are you going to defend it? How are you going to defend the 890? All this kind of thing. And I'm just saying, you know, there's different options for me as an entrepreneur. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to pretend that I don't have insurance on my vehicles. I'm not going to pretend that I don't have connections to help protect me right. in these situations. And so it all comes down to the decisions you make. And like they said in Calling All Devs, decisions you make before, during, and after mm -hmm. uh, combat and these, you know, the physicalized inventory and whatnot. Okay. So that's cool. kind of the short of it. G Sharp, thank you. Red Attack, The Silent, thank you. Four over four, thank you. And Nubifier, thank all of you all for the follow. Uh, Joe Run. What do you think about this? And you can introduce piracy into this conversation too. Uh, do you think people are going to be going after these ships or do you think people will see them and say pretty shit? Eh, not worth it. I, it, I think it's a, it's a, it's a complex and nuanced discussion as, as Tenth was talking about. And the, the universe that we're going to have in the future is very different from the alpha that we have right now where there really are no consequences for pan ramming, griefing, um, a oh, little little time in prison, people like I escape out of there in a few minutes and they're done. Um, in 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 the future, your reputation is going to be more important. That the death of a spaceman um, is going to be important. And uh, griefing is a very um, uh, emotionally charged term. 
So we have a lot of different players in uh, with different intents in in Star Citizen. We have and on the combat side, you have PvP people, which some of those are lawful and they mm -hmm. like combat and they're private military organizations, security organizations, and they're going to be um, charter, chartering out as security and escorts mm -hmm. for. Um, uh, tur tourists and cargo transport operations. Um, you you have uh, the gray mercenaries, which they're oh do you know they'll take the good guys, they'll take the bad guys. You know whoever offers the money, they'll do whatever. So right. you can't necessarily trust them. Um, you'll have pirates, and in the pirates, you'll have the um, honorable pirates where. Mm -hmm. They just want to make money. They're not necessarily out to hurt people. They mm -hmm. like living on the other side of the law. They like a little excitement. Um, they may hold hold you up and say, it's like, you know, give me fifty thousand UBC and I'll let you go. And it's like, all right, it's like, and right. you know, you're basically paying a toll to go go through their territory. Um, you'll have the more um, outlawish type pirates where they they'll kill you as well as look at you, and you know, it's easier just to go ahead and kill you and space you out the airlock. Mm -hmm. um, and they're going after high value. Mm -hmm. So they'll make those value decisions based on, okay, well, um, what ship do I need? I and mean, what am I going up against? Um, speaking about the 890, all the combat people use is like, oh, well, that's going to be a loot pinata. I'm going to blow up every 890 I see. It's like, well, now, you know, <laughs> everything bounces off of the 890. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. hammerheads try to pad ram mm -hmm. the 890 and they blow up mm -hmm. uh, the 890 is not a loot pinata right um but but again you still need to be intelligent in mm -hmm. what you do and where you go in the verse um so then you'll you will still have some people that they are just griefers and mm -hmm. so at, out of all of these different and the griefers are a small right subset. a small percentage right mm -hmm. um but it's going to be more difficult for them, um, I, I think, than they anticipate. Um, the consequences, um, like talking about Eve and high sex space. I haven't played Eve, but I've researched it a lot. I talked to a lot of people because, uh, from a, um, a space MMO behavioral, psychological, and mm -hmm. economy standpoint, it is the only model that we have, and it's a very good one. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see a lot of a lot of those people come over to Star Citizen and some of those behaviors. Um, Ganking a a, uh, a big capital ship in high sec space is fairly easy in Eve. I mean, mm -hmm. they've they've got these destroyers that can be real high damage alpha, and they can sneak around and they'll they'll uh, they'll they'll blast a cargo ship, and mm -hmm. the cargo ship drops its cargo, and uh, security comes in and they wipe out that destroyer, and then the guy's friends come over and salvage everything. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it the destroyer costs them almost nothing. Mm -hmm. um, you know. What is it, a few million isk or something, and everybody has billions or or whatever. Like mm -hmm. I don't I don't know the economy that well, um, but there's really very little consequences for this person, mm -hmm. um, and so that they have the ways that operate around that, and that's just kind of a given. It happens all the time, and and CCP is that they're ha they're fine with it. Um, I think that's going to be a lot harder in Star Citizen because small ships are not going to be able to take out large ships. Mm -hmm. So a a Cutlass, if it sneaks into high sex space and 
Terra um, or any of the other. I mean, I've researched probably about 10 systems that look like they're going to be fairly high security. Mm -hmm. They've talked about Stanton as being a fairly high security system. I don't consider it to be high security. I think I consider it a medium security because there's security around the planets, but mm -hmm. away from the planets, there's not. Um, and there was actually a lore piece a few months ago that came out uh, about a Starfarer Gemini that was flying out of Orison at Crusader, mm -hmm. uh, taking space tourists uh, to the rings of Yella, and they got hijacked. And the uh, VIP and the not VIPs, but the tourist passengers that were just on there for a tour. So this ties everything together. Um, as as a game mechanic, were taken hostage and being held for ransom. Uh, then the security guys had to go and and take them out. So um, that's going to be something to watch out for. It's like getting hijacked and being held for uh, for ransom. Um, but a Cutlass taking out an 890 in high sec space, it's not going to happen. A Cutlass taking out a 600 doesn't mm -hmm. really happen either. It's like mm -hmm. 600s are, are pretty tough. So uh, if you take a 600 into pyro with no escort and you run into a group of pirates, you're probably screwed. So um, from the Care Bear standpoint that anybody who attacks them is a griefer, um, don't be an idiot. And like I try to educate my friends as the kind of titular leader of the Care Bears. Um, don't be an idiot. It's yeah. like taking a, 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 a caterpillar into jump town when there's a war going on mm -hmm. and you get blown up. It's like, yeah. you were kind of an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, right? Right. You were not grieved. Yeah. You went into a war zone. Yeah. Like, duh. Yeah. Like, like I don't trade Tram and Myers. Like, everybody's yeah. trading Tram and Myers right now, and that's where all the PvP people are gone. Mm -hmm. Like, griefers, PvP, pirates, everybody. Yeah. They know that all I mean, the people that are going over to Tram and Myers, they're blowing them up. Yeah. So, uh, to your I, point, I think that's the thing that I'm worried about in the universe more. I'm not worried about griefers as much as I am worried about traffic lanes and piracy. Uh, just like it, with real yachts now on the high seas, the pirates are the ones that you have to worry about. Worry about, right? Other than dealing with the high seas themselves. Don't take your yacht off the coast of Somalia. There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> why, exactly. Why did they do this? Exactly. Like, see this in the news. Exactly. What kind of idiot were you? To <laughs> Like I like go maybe a hundred miles outside of you know, away, so that right. you're not. They're in these little tiny motorboats. Mm -hmm. They're exactly. not going a hundred miles off the coast. You're in a freaking internet, inter Wait. internationally traveling super yacht. Well, well, here's my last tough question for you guys for tonight, and this is a, a strange, probably a strange question to a certain degree. Um, do you think there will be buyer's remorse on the 890 jump with the new flight model coming out? And let me, let me give the details. It has already been said, this is this is not no NDA stuff. People already know this, and, and CIG has alluded to this, that these larger ships, the economy for operating, and we've heard this before, the economy for operating them, the operating costs are going to start to climb. Um, fuel costs, uh, speed of being able to do certain things, leaving atmosphere, um when you start when weight starts to become a factor mass when you're loading up these ships are there going to be some people that are going to start to feel this thing is nothing but a tank it's an elephant and it costs too much money i'm not having fun with this thing um i'm going to trade it in i'm going to melt it or do you think that people are going to adapt with these changes because these expenses are going because i'm mean, listen people were whining about the fuel costs we're already right now when the fuel i mean they were going crazy oh you guys have got to fix the fuel they're already going crazy so do you think that players are going some players 
are going to say this ship is no longer any fun. Let me start with a fast card on this one. What do you think? Some, definitely some. I don't know how many, but definitely are some. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I got so the, the, the question is. Uh, Will there be buyer's remorse? Will there be buyer's remorse? Will there be some people who say, eh, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be, having to manage all this stuff just to get this ship off the surface of a planet? Even if there is buyer's remorse, the, the, the game changes every other patch, or even sometimes every patch. Um, people can buy stuff from the buyback if they, if they, if they have an unlimited edition um, ship that, that, that they melted and decided they wanted back. Or if they, if the anniversary just come up and it has a, a tenure, tenure um, insurance or even get something with an LTI for some mm -hmm. reason, you, 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 you can still get it again. So even if they buy it more, it, it's, it's, not, it's not permanent. Okay. Okay. Joe Run, what do you think? I, there's always some people that you know, they're 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 short-term thinking, emotional um, mm. people, especially in the alpha. Um, I, I get a little frustrated with people that flip out over every change, every patch. Like you know, <laughs> like we've got years ahead of us mm -hmm. of balancing. Um, from one that patch really to another, happened, John. That doesn't happen that often. It's no, that's a good point because people keep forgetting nothing's balanced. Nothing is there is yeah, nothing it, that it, is in stone yet in this game. It happens with every every ship and every everything. It's like mm -hmm. with trading, with mm -hmm. UEC value, with ship values, yep. with you know every single ship and component. And nothing is balanced. They're they're working um, hard at at starting to try mm -hmm. to buy. And they Simulated, just yeah. really started um, with with the new vehicle experience team, mm -hmm. which is long overdue most of us think but at the same time cig is looking at it from the big picture and long term they're really just trying to get a bunch of stuff in and mostly working while they keep getting more stuff in because there's so much more stuff that's coming it's going to change the balance that you know prior to this it, it wasn't really ready for that much work because everything was going to continue to to change the systems mm -hmm. And like they said, with the, this new flight model, they talked about it just, just on Friday that, look, this is the next iteration of the flight model. This is not the end of the flight model changes. This is the next iteration. And it's going to continue to change and refine. And they're going for realism, but they dial it back to fun. And they take the, the community's feedback. Um, I, I'm really happy that when they were talking about the um, the changes, I, I'm not a dogfighting person. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I do some combat flying once in a while, but it's not my primary activity since I'm a space tourist. Um, but uh, I talked to a lot of the combat people, and there were two schools of thought that were competing for how ships would fly and one was were the flying fpsers and they wanted you know high dps and and uh like jousting and whatnot and the realism um flight model people went out so that's what's going to change and these big ships are going to be a lot slower to react um they're going to feel heavier mm -hmm. uh they said that they're going to be more stable in atmosphere, mm -hmm. but they're going to be less maneuverable, mm -hmm. less easy to fly, be less affected by winds. So, um, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to have strong reactions to the new flight model. I heard from people in Ifakati already. Some people like it, some people don't. Um, I, I know somebody who melted their 890 um, 
two weeks ago because they announced that uh, in in PTU it's going to be a 34 million UEC <laughs> ship, which is almost basically nothing. The way that people are exploiting UEC or anything right now, it's like oh, it's like you know, it's like all these people have have tons of UEC and and it's like oh, you know, everybody's got an 890. They're not rare like Fastcart was talking about earlier. I mean, they're all over the place and and now they're 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 only be 34 million. It's like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna melt this and it's like mm -mm, mm -mm, you know, don't do it. Mm -mm, <laughs> that is don't such do a it. ridiculous mm -mm, placeholder. Like, these prices are completely meaningless. That's right. right now. That's and I've right. been studying the pricing economy mm -hmm. and. Um, as Fastcart was saying, it seems like there's a lot of 890s because 890 owners are some of the most active backers, mm -hmm. and we play all the time because mm -hmm. we love the alpha experience. A lot of people that are waiting, like you were saying, waiting for game loops and waiting for combat to be fixed or whatever, all these people that are, are waiting are not playing actively. They'll dip in for a little <laughs> bit, and they'll take long breaks. The people that are playing all the time, they like cargo, they like mining, they like exploring, and those are 890 people. So my 700 guys uh, that that I've got in the jump club, like they are super super active. I mean, I mm. had 20 of them in in um, uh, uh, at Microtech last night. We we're having mm -hmm. a good time. Um, so it's like they are literally less than 0.3%. It's like mm -hmm. not 3%, 0 0.3% of the population of. Two million, or if you figured like a lot of accounts were just freebies that uh, aren't actual backers, we figured it's like 1.5 million actual game package owners, actual backers. So if you're telling me you're not even the top one percent. <laughs> we're the three percenters. Point three percent. Point zero three percent. Point zero three percenters. Not the not the yeah, one percenters. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> And 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 I was talking as I was saying I was talking with with Craiklin earlier today when he was streaming um, and he he was saying also it's like because we only have fifty people in a server right now mm -hmm. so um, and we're in a very small play area mm -hmm. once we have thousands and tens of thousands of people yep. and we have multiple star systems it's and more people rare. are more spread out mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot more rare mm -hmm. that's a good so, point that's a good point yeah. Right, what we have right now mm -hmm. is not what we're going to have in six months. In mm -hmm. one year, people are not going to recognize yeah. Star Citizen. Part of the reason why I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to play Star Citizen a lot right now is because, I, well, one number one reason I don't want to I don't want to burn myself out before the game even launch. Mm -hmm. Number two reason is the the, the the game control changes every every six months or something like that and, mm -hmm. and i have to relearn re re the control scheme so that's <laughs> that's that's a couple of reasons why i i i i'm not as avid as a player as, as i want everyone want, want the game to go live mm -hmm. the other thing is we're talking about people complaining about um the new the new ship changes and stuff like that the amount of salt the community um generate can Salt the roads of New England for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's so true. Ridiculous, so. Yeah, let me let me throw one more question that we did miss uh, earlier. Uh, Tenth, I'm going to toss this out to you in relation to luxury touring. And Joran touched on it a little bit. What type of mission would you like to see um, that would put these ships to good use? I know one of the ships that one of the things in lore is that there's actually a planet. There are certain places, and Ben Levski, ben, ben talked about this a while back, 
that there'll be certain places that if you have a certain type of ship, you get greater access to. There's certain places where you can go, certain resorts, for example. Is there any type of mission you would love to see that you could put these luxury or touring ships to use in beyond just, you know, pr people who hire you to travel somewhere? Yeah, you know, I think um, it, it, for me, I, I haven't really thought about it in terms of mission running, um, but I have thought about it in terms of, you know, orgs who, you know, you get your big corporations who might want to hire, we talked about earlier, employee shuttle, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if everybody's kind of, you know, if I'm a, you know, intergalactic corporation and I need to, you know, I have a, a employees are living, you know, in the system over and we, uh, instead of them taking their ships out, we pay for them to, you know, have access to these different employee shuttles or you might talk- To shuttle them back and forth or something to that effect? Yeah, shuttle, yeah, shuttle them back and forth. Uh, you might uh, have the, like we talked about the airport deal with the Starliners, mm -hmm. um, and you, or you might just have, you know, simple charter charter um, fleets like we touched on before. Okay. But as far as mission running, I, I hadn't really thought about it. I think that, you know, you do have your VIP transport. And I think um, one of the cool things that we're seeing upcoming is the, uh, the multi-delivery um missions mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so you might expand that out a little bit more to think about how um you might gather up a whole bunch of vips at a specific place and just say hey this one's going there this one needs to be dropped off here and then this one needs to be dropped off here kind of okay. in the loop or that one person might need to visit these three different places so gotcha it, it's something like that maybe okay. so run anything that you have i know you talked about the mission hopping or continuing mission anything in particular that you'd like to see specifically yeah, and and that that thing that Ben talked about um, of, of stemming from those really high level uh, VIP transport missions of being led to some unique places that nobody else is ever going to see or have access to. Mm. That's that's what I am super excited about. Okay, that's cool. The pimp named Slickback says, <laughs> "Protect the VIP as a mission, right?" Yeah. That that person who has to get somewhere and they have to get there safely and there are possibly people pursuing you uh, or you have to travel through some dangerous passage in order to get them where they have to go. That That's a very popular one and a great one. I, Thank you, I, uh, Slickback. I like I that. To totally expect expect that sort of thing that mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to be transporting VIPs and it like Todd Pappy was saying when he was on um, a, a couple of weeks ago that he he likes to have some tension and some danger in the verse so mm -hmm. it's like if you're transporting a VIP there might be you know some some bad guys that are laying in wait for you mm -hmm. so you might want to make sure that you have an escort yeah let me throw this at you too guys we we're talking about operating expenses when oh. it comes to this piracy thing and people getting on your ships and tenth you and I joked about this a couple weeks ago on channel 27 just to put fill your gun racks on an 890 is going to cost you 27 to 30,000 bucks that's just to put guns on your ship guys so letting you know operating these ships no joke fast cart were you going to say something I just I had a quick uh, answer to your previous question. It's like, yeah. Yeah, Eve Online ha has this quest called, um, a mission called Damsel in Distress. Mm. I think a game, a, a, a mission could, could, could be like to trans the damsel who's been rescued to her parents or wherever she wants to go. Mm. Interesting. Lord Styles, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We see the sun is rising where you're at. We appreciate you being here. 
Wow. Okay, well, listen, we're going to wrap it up because we could talk about this stuff all day about luxury ships and touring. As we mentioned earlier, some of this is theory crafting. Some of it is based on stuff that we heard back from 10 from the chairman all the way through all the devs, through sitcoms. But we're, as you can see, we're all excited about this idea of touring and luxury ships. As the Gatsby gets ready to depart, which uh, all of us love this commercial, uh, we really want to thank all of you guys uh, for hanging out with us tonight. I do want to give a quick report. Uh, some of you were here earlier when we showed the video on the storm damage that was done um, in the video that we showed, and you guys donated. I, all I can tell you is thank you so, so much. I see people here who gave today and within the last hour, and you guys are wonderful. We have such an awesome community, charitable people. If you didn't get a chance to take a look at it, the link is there in chat right now. Um, the news article is there. The details are there. If, if, if you find it in your head and heart to donate, please do. It's a good family who just needs some help from some folks, especially in a time of all the craziness that's going on in our world. So send some love. Joe Run, thank you so, so, so much. We really appreciate you sharing uh, your heart, your knowledge, your passion about uh, Star Citizen. And, of course, 890 Jump. Tell everybody where we can find out where they can see you uh, on, in as far as Star Citizen goes. Thanks, Griff. It's really a pl pleasure being on here. I, um, I was looking forward to uh, forward to this for for a while, and really, uh, uh, th this is fantastic. It's the subject nearest and dearest to my uh, my heart in Star Citizen, which is my uh, overwhelming daily obsession. Um, so I am on the Yacht Club show on Wednesday nights. Um, twitch.tv slash yacht club sc um i also stream star citizen uh usually monday thursday and saturday nights on twitch.tv slash joran sc um also twitter is joran sc and um in the verse and also in the yacht club discord so i'm kind of all over the community and also uh gotta plug bar citizen even though we're not meeting up in real yes, life right yes, now a lot of people are having uh virtual bar citizens uh, uh bar citizens at wally's bar or just discord bar citizens uh there are still over 60 different discords around the world um for star citizens from all over europe England, France, Germany, uh, Sweden. Lord Styles is our 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 Sweden bar citizen organizer. Tokyo, South America, uh, or South South Africa, um, like New Zealand, uh, Australia, and the whole world has star citizens where you wouldn't even expect them. Um, like Arkansas and Oklahoma and Kansas and the Midwest. Um, <laughs> the, the, if you go to barcitizen.sc, uh, we, we're still operating the, the, the website. Um, there is one real life bar citizen happening in Utah coming up. Um, I guess they have their, their COVID levels down to a manageable level out there. Um, but um, hop into your, your Discord, get to know people who live in your own area. Uh, it's great. I mean, I'm in Florida and we have a really active Discord and we talk about uh, things happening in Florida and you know, when there's emergencies, national things and like hurricanes or whatever, we do, we share information and uh, just talk about spaceships and we get together when we can. Um, and we have uh, virtual bar citizens in the Discord. So that uh, that, that was my, my first big community thing in the verse before the whole 890 thing and the Jump Club and the Yacht Club and all that. So it's still uh, nearest and dearest to my heart is just bringing all the citizens of this community together, uh, space nerds. That's awesome. The best people on the planet. And tell those guys at Yacht Club to stop giving you such a hard time. They're always picking on you over there. So. Oh, we have. We have. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's
it's a, it, 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 it creates an interesting dynamic. Yeah, no, no, it's a great show. If you guys haven't watched Yacht Club on Wednesday nights, they these guys are really great. They have a fun time. They get, uh, they, they, let's just say they talk more the night goes on, and there's a reason why that happens uh, if you've never been to Yacht Club. So, but they're, they're really a bunch of great guys over there. We, uh, we, we take 20 minutes worth of content and turn it into three hours. <laughs> We're kind of the opposite of Nubifier. Yeah, but listen, but listen, these guys do a great thing, and listen, they, they are probably one of the one shows that gives away some of the biggest raffles and prizes in all of the Star Citizen community, and they, all their everything they bring in, they turn right back around and give to the community. So definitely mark them, follow them, uh, Yacht Club underscore SC. Is that correct? Did I get it right? No, no underscore. Uh, yeah, I think it's just Yacht Club SC. Oh, Yacht Club SC. Okay, there we go. All right, cool. Tenth, tenth. Tell people where people can find you. Yeah, so uh, I'm usually bouncing around the uh, Vector Twenty Seven Discord. That's my org uh, that I help lead, um, which we host the Channel Twenty Seven News Show um, on Tuesdays uh, at eight uh, Pacific. Um, but other than that, I'm usually bouncing around the verse. Not too much. Uh, as these days um but when i do stream you can find me at trish.tv forward slash uh 10 sigma and i'm usually doing some kind of uh mission running and auec grabbing uh in the verse so that's my deal and then uh, outside of all that coming on soul citizens um doing cool things like this as a awesome community of uh citizens we have going on here so i really appreciate being a part of uh projects like this Awesome. And last but not least, Fast Card. But before you say it, Fast Card, I didn't get to say Metal Hatter, Ziku, Kalal, Ibronic, Mystic Star, SC, and Original Videos. Thank you all for the follows. Fast Card, tell everybody a little bit about you, where they can find you. You can find me on twitter.com forward slash fast underscore cart. But after the show, I'll be heading over to join to get me some bread. I'll be happy on my cart right after, right after you finish. I'm excited to try that bread here. Tell everybody what the bread was again. What was it again? The the bread? Yeah. The, it's a Burgundian honey spice bread. Uh, it's got a, a lot of honey, brown sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, oh. um, cloves, ginger, allspice. Um, it's, everybody knows I have a thing for pumpkin spice, and I was wanting yep. a sweet bread because I've been making like French, uh, French, French artisan breads here lately. And so I found this recipe, and I tweaked a little bit to make it a pumpkin spice bread so oh, i am so excited there you that. go sounds cool. awesome I'm I'm, I, my car can, can only go so fast <laughs> <laughs> all right no, guys but, um, you can find me on on the base radio on tuesday at miss hart's 80 show i haven't mm -hmm. called follow the rhythm there it starts at 8 p.m eastern um find me on Silver's uh, in Silver's chat on Wednesdays and Friday for his um RPG Vampire Masquerade, and you can find me on Relay at Relay occasionally on on Saturday, and sometimes yeah the after pub oh uh, captain table picking up the uh, the captain table, Griffin oh captain's table oh i'll be on captain's table next saturday evening thank you for reminding me about that i forgot about that yeah next saturday uh i'll be on with algrid in fact so it'll, it should be a pretty fun show algrid out of australia uh and next week guys our show next week we're taking on a different subject we're going to be talking about RPGing organized orgs rather we have three orgs that are going to be on board with us next week uh, that are going to be talking about what it means to do RPG in an MMO in Star Citizen. And these are folks who are living it. I mean, 
One of them is a medical org made up of people who are in the medical industry in real life. Uh, the other one is Ultimate Energy. Some of you guys may remember them. They were at, uh, at Star Citizen, Citizen Con in Austin. Uh, and then we've got a piracy org that these guys have a code of conduct. So if you want to talk about RPGing, is RPGing something that can happen in the Star Citizen universe? Or are these jokers just, they need to go LARP somewhere? However you want to look at it, we're going to talk about it next week. RPG and Star Citizen. So we're going to go... RPG Yeah, what, what is that, right? What is that supposed to be, right? All right, we're going to try and set up a raid. We're going to try and raid Nefarious Gains tonight. If this doesn't jump to him, then I'm going to jump to somebody else. I'm going to try something a little different. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. We really appreciate you. Stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Be healthy. And as always, love, peace, and soul. We'll talk to you guys real soon, okay? Take care.